up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horde, and this is this is the NWA, the podcast celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. But I'm sure you already knew that. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm here as always with the Doctor of Style, the Doctor of Thugonomics tonight, Doctor Rob Stinson. Hello, Rob. Yeah, Doc McLovin. Sorry about the bandana, guys. It's been a literally. What, when do we start doing this together? I have not washed that bandana since that show. And it's even been to the beach a couple times with me. It was it was smelling janky, man. So do you wear it to the bathroom? I'm just letting, I'm just letting the uh, letting the locks flow tonight, man. I got this one little curl right here. I'm letting I'm, letting I'm it telling you what, I knew I noticed there was like an extra shine coming off your forehead that's not usually there. So yeah. the first time I've seen your forehead. It's beautiful. That's the oh. manscape lotions. Manscape. That's not where those go. Yeah. Wrong head. Wrong. wrong head. Um, <laughs> oh. <we're, laughs> uh, I wonder. Go ahead. Oh, well, uh, also with us today, the other voice you're hearing is the lovely and talented Will Martin. Hello, Will. Hello. Thank you uh, for calling me lovely and talented. You're both. You're both. And, uh, I guess it's worth mentioning right up to the top since Rob's already brought it up, but we are brought to you today by manscape.com. They uh, are the highest quality manscaping tools. Uh, given the, uh, the attendance here, I won't go into much detail or some stories that I normally would. We'll save that towards the end, but uh, uh, just, just know that uh, the manscape engineering team spent 18 months designing the perfect, perfect trimmer for your family jewels and you can check them out right now at manscaped.com and use the code nwa pod and get 20 percent off and free shipping can't beat I'm that deal about- take care of yourself your significant other wants you to and or if you want to go to the club and meet a tanya that's how you do it that's how you do it that was the first thing she noticed about rob was the shiny head mm. <laughs> if you know what i'm saying word all right well fellas we got plenty of news to get into today it's been a busy busy week since we were last year i mean we were here on sunday but a lot of stuff's happened um and uh, i'm sure a lot of these folks in the chat have a lot of things they want to say about wwe and aew and thunder rosa and shinsuke nakamura and uh the uh three-toed nipple plunge move that Jericho debuted. I don't know. I was trying to think of the one that Rob always says. Scandinavian two-toed redundancy. That's the one. That's the one. You were close, Gary. I was close. (laughs) It was the three-toed nipple plunge. I hope somebody does that one (laughs) personally. We have got, we've got to develop that as a move. (laughs) All right. Swig a beer for the working man. Um, all right, so uh, guys, did you have anything else you want to talk about before we just jump right into the news with these beautiful people that are here for the show, uh, hanging out with us on a Tuesday evening when there's so many other things you could do. If you're an NWA Patreon subscriber, you might have been scheduled tonight for a talent call. I was, but you know where I am? I'm here with you because you guys, you guys are the talent. Right. I think listening you know, and the people in the chat. Some of you may be... Uh maybe interested in what's going on over at uh, Pro Wrestling Junkies tonight. Uh, they've got something going on. And, uh, you know, we we, uh, we would all like to be there, but we feel we have an obligation to uh, to the NWA fam and to our our uh, our people here at our own club. And so, um, 
you know. So there's a thing going on over there, but we're here. Well, why do you think we do like uh, the pre-show discussion? Why do you know, I think? Yeah, like when we talk about what we're going to talk about and what we're not going to talk about. Mm. Did we ever definitively? Our pre-production meetings. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I think I got went out. To, maybe I walked out for a minute to go grab. I don't know. Dang, you know who the who the talent call is tonight? It's Sal Renaro. Oh, oh, oh our pal Sal. All I'm right. kind of disappointed that I missed out on Sal. I like. I'll be right back. Sal. I'll be right back. No, you stay. <laughs> you stay your tail in that chair. Sorry, sorry, That's sorry, what you do. sorry. Oh, Ringside Rant, by the way, while we're uh, getting into this, wants to know what would your DJ names be at the NWA club? Uh, ooh, that's a that's a good question right off the bat. I had to acknowledge that. Uh, uh, all right. Good, yeah, I know. I'm not doing a very good job as a host. I'm trying to amp myself up. I just drank a, drink a bang energy. Will drink a four and a half hour energy drink. Uh, <laughs> it's from Big Lots. <laughs> <laughs> it's i had man uh never mind i just got a text message i'll tell you about it later eh, it's fine hey but listen to wwe front row who's doing a great job as a moderator also wrestling with the mma we thank you guys for what you do and uh smash that like button and hit subscribe i promise it's gonna get more exciting from here we're about to jump into the wrestling news and it's my fault i take full blame i am as god made me and i was i was slacking off there um uh tried to build up into the thing i was getting like a bunch of text messages my wife sent me a text of my butt i don't know why i don't know when that happened but she had it and she sent it to me just now so that's weird so sharing that with the world um and uh just making sure i stay married to her i guess mm. yeah but Thank you for everybody who's joining us in the chat. Thank you for listening. If you're listening on the podcast portion, we're going to jump into some wrestling news here. And uh, as we get into that, we'll uh, travel all the way through the wrestling news world, talk about anything you guys want to talk about, whatever comes up in the chat room. And at the end, we'll end early and then we'll hang out with the chat for a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? An exclusive live chat only. You have to be here for YouTube to be a part of that. So make sure you join us live if you can on YouTube on Sundays and Tuesday nights. Uh, and, and at least until NWA starts back up. And then we'll probably move to Thursdays or something. All right. Let's get into it. Let's talk about some SummerSlam fallout, guys. We both were on Sunday. We all, we both, we, we all three, all three of us were up uh, on Sunday night doing a live show and we had SummerSlam on in the background. Rob had the Braves game on as he probably should have. And, uh, but we did see it uh, courtesy of Wade Keller over at pro wrestling torch. He says uh, last night's episode of WWE Monday night raw on the USA network drew a 1.53 rating up from 1.22 last week, the highest since March 16th, just prior to the pandemic canceling all live events with fans. Uh, he's thinking this is, fallout from SummerSlam that's causing this usually after a pay-per-view you get a big boost in the ratings uh and uh let's see here he says uh it was in positions number five seven and nine in the 18 18 to 49 demographic rankings among all monday night cable shows with ratings in that demo of 0.7266 and 62 respectively an nba playoff game on tnt topped the rankings with a 1.31 rating 
this is uh, so the 18 to 30, long story short, 18 to 34 was up and uh, 18 to 49 was also up. Uh, but two years ago, Raw was drawing about a 2.02 rating. And three years ago, it was 2.23. So it's still down overall over the years, but it is up for uh, what it's been doing uh, this week. Do you think that's Thunderdome or do you think it's just fallout from SummerSlam like what Wade seems to think here? Yeah, I think it's SummerSlam. I think, I mean, my opinion, uh, I thought SummerSlam was a decent little pay-per-view. And uh, whoever wrote that show should be writing all the other shows because I thought it made sense and had a little bit of consistency. It had some big, big moments that people could pop for. And I think people tuned in last night expecting the same thing, but they were sadly mistaken. At least I was. So Rob, you've, uh, you're not, you're, you're probably the least of us likely to be watching some WWE events that aren't NXT, but have you had a chance to really like tune in and check out the, the Thunderdome? Well, I've watched the Thunderdome. I watched that that whole thing on was it Saturday, Friday or Saturday, Friday night maybe. Um, did I think I watched it on Saturday? And uh, you know, I, I made the comment last su- Sunday that I wasn't like I didn't hate it. You know, there was a lot of discussion about what you know if it was too much, if it distracted or whatever. I didn't hate it. I mean, I think this is you know we've got a lot of criticism for WWE, but you can't fault somebody for trying to adapt. You know, and they're trying to somehow bring a fan presence into uh, into the Amway Center, their residency area there in Orlando, and try to make it feel as though – and felt, make the fans feel as though they're a part of it. So I, you can't fault a man for that. And, you know, technology, they've got the resources to put up uh, – to build a spectacle, and it was pretty cool. So I, I didn't hate that. I did, I did watch – so I watched SmackDown. But the only thing that um, – the only thing out of SummerSlam that I really went back and looked at was, was – the main event there so i i can't you know i'm not going to be out here to be able to articulate anything knowledgeable about SummerSlam. um like i said i was watching the braves game and that was going on so yeah um how, how, how are you guys feeling about the thunderdome as far as uh i mean I, like personally i think it looks cool and we have some news on it they've they've already dealt with some issues uh that we're going to cover a little bit later uh some unforeseen circumstances that have happened because of the Thunderdome. But uh, I want to get into that in a little while. But like, do you think this is enough to like bring them back? Do you think this is enough in the pandemic age? I mean, I, I know what you're saying, Rob, you're saying that, you know, you got to got to try something and it yeah. is new and it and it does it does add something to the field. But is that enough or is it just going to slowly peter out again? I think it's a band-aid. I mean, I think it. I think it's right. enough to give them a little boost right now. <clears throat> but I think with what I saw last night, um, I wasn't particularly blown away by SmackDown last week that you talked about, Rob. As far as building the SummerSlam or anything like that, I thought SummerSlam was a good show. I enjoyed it, but not because of the Thunderdome. I enjoyed it because the matches I felt like were good and they told some good stories. Um, and then, you know, I, I was one of the ones that. Uh, based off of, of my interest from Sunday night, I tuned in last night and um, I, I watched like the first hour and a half probably. And that was all because it just, you know, after the, the fourth or fifth, you know, scripted promo, heavily scripted promo, I was like, Thunderdome ain't making up for this, you know, and, and 
So, I mean, it, it does look cool. And when they're doing in-ring stuff and the, the matches, it definitely looks a lot cooler than, you know, in the empty performance center or something like that. Um, it's definitely a step up, even if you compare it to AEW, um, you know, with, with just the, the wrestling talent at ringside. It, it does look really cool and the entrances are really cool. But, yeah, to answer your question, I think it's a Band-Aid. It'll last maybe a week. I mean, I think people are, at this point are already used to it. Yeah, uh, I agree. And I, I think that, too, I mean, with the pandemic, and I, I don't want to get on a diatribe about, like, what people think and, and making predictions and all that, because I, I just can speak for me in my context. But I think when we get to the point where we're 18 months, the 24 months, or, or beyond a year where, you know, we're still locked down and we're still under all these different restrictions and whatnot, then people start to look at, at this as, hey, this might be a permanent thing. This might be how the world is now. We, I think we all understand that the world's changed fundamentally. And in some ways it will probably never be the same, but we're all hoping that something like normal is going to come back. So I think everybody right now is, is not attempting a permanent fix. I think they're attempting mandates or trying to, to uh, they're trying to, to do things that are, that are stop gaps to get us through this uh, without losing viewership, without losing credibility, without putting people in danger until we can get back to a place where we can do what we normally do. And that's perform in arenas with fans presently in attendance, that kind of thing. So, you know, um, the WWE has always been innovative. They've never been afraid to try different things from the Titan Tron to the Jericho Tron 2000, whatever they, you know, the, the segments that they do in the ring, they've, they've, they've done some things that have been flops. They've done some really great, and you know, brilliant things i'm not here to you know to just to to trip on the wwe and just bash them for everything there's a lot of good things that come out of there uh it's not you know there's a lot of stuff that we're not comfortable with and we don't think kind of fits our mold of what wrestling should be but again you know i don't think that even vince is under the illusion that the thunderdome concept alone on its own merit is going to sustain the wwe for 18 months to 24 months to something that's going to be permanent right now this is hey we're going to try something new to pique some interest and, um, you know, if it helps viewership, if it finds, uh, if it provides an innovative, an innovative way for fans to be involved, you know, why not try it? They've got the resources to do it. Why not? So, um, you know, you can't fault them for trying to adapt to the, to the situation. But, uh, you know, I didn't hate it. I thought it was kind of cool. And uh, I'm not tuning in just to see that. Uh, but, you know, I thought it was, it, it was a neat little take on, on what live crowds look like. Well, I think they oversold the fan interaction aspect of it. And what it really boils down to is it's a good visual. It's just good to see a bunch of faces out there watching. Um, once you get over the fact that, you know, it just looks like a giant Zoom call. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, again, like to your point, I mean, it's the new normal. I mean, we, we sit on Zoom all day, every day now at work. It's like, in classrooms, I mean, that is like when you see there, when you see those fans, it, it seems like, hey, we're, you know, we're engaging because we're on a Zoom chat or something but like that, that. But that's my point is that they, I think they tried to sell this idea that the fans would be chanting or cheering. It doesn't translate the same. And in right. reality, um, when we talk about expectation versus reality, in reality, it's just, it is a cool visual. Um, but, you know, it doesn't it doesn't live up to what they kind of sold it as. Um, it's, yeah. And again, it's definitely a step up. I don't hate it. I would prefer that to, you know, obviously the, the, the setting they were in before at the performance center, but um, I just don't think it's going to make up for 
I mean, storytelling and see that that's the kind of stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the pandemic. These were yeah. issues that were going on before any of this hit. They were having storytelling and scripting promo issues when they had sellout crowds and arenas. So, you know, right. but I, you know, I, unless that really changes and they get innovative creatively in their writing and their storytelling long term, yeah. it's not going to move the needle for me. I was checking out uh, clips. I, I don't think he wants to get in on here, man. I'm sorry, but I wanted to say something before I forget this point that that will hit. I'm sorry, Gary. Um, you're absolutely right, man. Um, it's story writing. Story writing can can sustain a promotion. You know, it can. If you don't, if you're not in a position to have the bells and whistles, good storytelling, good prize fighting, simulated combat sports, uh, that will do the job to to move the needle and keep people around. Here's some things that I don't like when I see. And again, I'm not here to trash the WWE or Braun Strowman or anybody because there's a, I respect those guys and they're doing, you know, they got their they've got their niche and that's what they're it just so happens to be the biggest niche. And they've got their obviously they've got a dedicated fan base and they're doing a lot of good things. But it's like when you see Braun Strowman in that altercation with uh, with uh, the fiend, and he's like making these weird facial expressions, you know, like huffing and puffing and all this stuff. I'm like, man, what? Like, who really does that? Nobody does that. I mean, it's just silly, you know? And then, like, to me, that's, like, the things that, like, you're, you're I can buy this. I kind of like the Fiend's look. You know, that little scary gimmick is creepy. I like it. I like his music. I like the, you know, he's got a certain gravity about him. I like, I'm inclined to like Braun Strowman. But then that looks sort of cartoonish and clownish to me, like, not real. It undermines what would otherwise be an okay thing, so. Yeah, it's it's there seems to be like a real inconsistency in the booking from everything I see from WWE right now. It really bothers me. Um, I, I just I, I don't understand some of the choices that they're making. And uh, and we can kind of get into that here in a little bit when we talk about some of the bigger news from Raw. But there's just certain things I don't understand what they're doing. And I'm not sure that I'm down with like some of the some of the choices they're making as far as like gimmicks well i you know what? i don't want to i don't want to go too far here i was going to talk about the aew ratings and then we'll we'll jump into raw if you guys want to um talk a little bit more about the the details of it but um uh as as i, I thought about not doing it this way because uh when i talk about the aew ratings but i thought what better way to get everybody heated up than if i just tell you i'm going to read you uh dave Meltzer's report of the aew ratings whoa <laughs> double whammy <laughs> Uh, welcome to the chat turbo i just had to give a shout out to our boy turbo, turbo. what's up man man it's so good to see him um and yeah and i saw i saw uh wrestling with the mma pointing out i did do an interview with sal renaro thank you for for advertising that for me in the uh chat buddy i appreciate that uh people were uh, somebody was saying we should get an interview with sal and uh he has been on the show and he was he was really cool to talk to and uh i hope you'll check it out because he was he was a lot of fun um AEW ratings. Despite airing outside of its normal day to the NBA playoffs, ratings for AEW Dynamite held up well on Saturday night. Saturday's Dynamite averaged 755,000 viewers on TNT, which was down 4.7% from the previous week on its regular Wednesday time slot. Uh, let's see here. At, uh, in the 18 to 49 demo, Dynamite finished fifth on cable. Um, it trailed three NBA playoff games and the UFC main card on ESPN in that demo. It was up against a lot that night. Uh, and so was Monday Night Raw, by the way. I meant to mention that, you know, despite it was up, but it, it, it was also up against the NBA as well. Mm -hmm. um, Dynamite had a lead in of an NBA game. 
Uh, let's see here. I don't want to read Dave's whole report here, but basically he says it's not really fair to compare the show with NXT this week since they ran on different nights and NXT had no wrestling competition while Dynamite aired opposite of NXT TakeOver triple x but the individual demo ratings were very similar to what they usually are when both shows air on wednesday uh right now aew is winning every demo against nxt uh week to week except for over 50 um so that's that's the only news out of that but but basically saturday didn't mess them up too much we'll see how they play out this week because i think uh this week they're on thursday at eight instead of wednesday again so Mm. uh TNT is kind of moving them all around, but just kind of interesting to see how they compare with each other. It's interesting too, to see, cause there's a lot of talk about, you know, shifting the nights. I mean, I mean, we know as wrestling fans, the wrestling community, we, we like our routine, you know, we like specific nights. I mean, look at us on Tuesday nights, you know, we, we like our Tuesday night wrestling, our Tuesday night wrestling talk and we do it on Sunday night and, so th- those you break out of those routines and you run the risk of, you know, a massive drop in viewers and things like that. So it's good that it, it stayed on par with, with normal and what's expected. And um, it just shows you, you know, the, the, the diehard AEW crowd, they're going to watch whatever night um, and they're going to, going to support it. So. Thought Rob was going to jump in there since he's been adamant about me not talking and him talking instead. <laughs> no, um, no, I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's, I'm, I, I'm in full agreement. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, it's a, it's just interesting to try to compare those, and we're trying to be a uh, legitimate news source for you guys and recap some actual events. So uh, that was our that was our AEW and WWE ratings discussions. You're welcome. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. Cardiland, uh, the Patreon, uh, for those of you who are members of the Cardiland Patreon, uh, I just noticed front row in the chat just talking about his is up against, AEW's up against his talent call this Thursday. What, uh, this, what day is Thursday, the 27th? Uh, yeah. yeah, okay, I'm in that one too. I'm in that call too. I'll be in there, me and front row be in there representing the fam. All right. Well, we don't want to spend all day. We're not going to recap like line by line raw. You guys probably all either watched it or you go to a bunch of different sources where you saw it all recap, but we can hit some of the hot points of the uh, show. Uh, I'll start with one. Uh, just a note I had from it. Uh, Shayna Baszler uh, was up against Bailey in the show and, uh, and it, it just led, we'll just cover the whole storyline here. Shayna Baszler looks like it's going to be teaming up with Asuka to take on Bailey and Sasha. And they seem to be building up this thing. If you watched Asuka uh, beat Sasha for the women's championship that Sasha was carrying, and I get them confused on which one's which. I guess it's the Raw women's title. Is that what they call it? Um, I'm, I'm very disappointed in this show because I was watching the pay-per-view as we were sitting here talking and I could tell what they were trying to do. And it was driving me nuts that uh, Sasha, you know, in her match or when Bailey's match, Sasha took a bullet for Bailey, basically jumping in front of Oscar and uh, giving Bailey a chance to capitalize that she pinned Oscar. And uh, the same thing I think was supposed to happen in the uh, Sasha match, but like Bailey was supposed to not take the bullet, but it ended up just looking like Oscar reversed uh, Sasha's move and, and just got the win and uh and they still they still are playing this up on tv and it's bothering me 
Like, it feels like you would pivot here. If I'm not making much sense, I I hope you guys have seen it. I just, it's not making much sense to me that they're not pivoting, that they clearly failed on SummerSlam to make it look like that Bailey was not there for Sasha. It just looks like Sasha lost fair and square. And they're still acting like that it's Bailey's fault that Sasha lost or something. So it's teasing uh, dissension in the ranks between the two of them. Yeah, well, here's here's just a prime example of where WWE drops the ball on storytelling and they overemphasize things and insult our intelligence. This Bailey Sasha storyline has been going on with no payoff for like two and a half years. I mean, there was talks like two WrestleManias ago of that being one of the headline matches, just a grudge match between the two of them. And they keep, you know, teaming them up and then they would split them up between the brands and stuff. Well, now they're together. They had all the belts and, you know, this storyline happened and it's just so painfully obvious. And this is this is the kind of like lack of of subtlety that drives me crazy. It's just painfully obvious where they're going with it. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, they're standing in the ring and Sasha's like side eye and Bailey because she didn't help her you know, and stuff like that. And, and they don't leave anything up to the imagination. And, you know, conversely, you look at this uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega storyline that's unfolding. And it's like, you got no idea who, like, who's who's the bad guy, and that, you know, who's going to come out, who's going to turn on the other one. You don't know, because it could be for a while, you could swear it was Hangman. And now it could be Kenny. It's like, that's how you tell a story like that. And if you're going to drag it out, at least make it interesting. Don't make it like painfully obvious what's going on and oversell it like that. And, and I, you know, what you were mentioning last night, that was one of the things that drove me up the wall. And it was actually Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, not Asuka, last night that just somehow out of nowhere suddenly teamed up. They cut a promo, a heavily scripted promo together backstage where they were insulting each other. That's and, right. And, not only insulting each other, Will, but they insulted. Rob, you'll appreciate it, but no one else uh, that uh, that basically uh, Sasha said, or no, Baszler said, you look like Haystacks Calhoun or something like that. <laughs> and, then, and then Nia Jack said, you look like a reject from the Adams family or something like that. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, they're it calling each other fat and ugly. That's what they're trying to do, but they don't want to do that to upset, I guess, someone. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what their point is, but why are they referencing? Like, who, if they want to win the 18 to 35s or the 18 to 49s, I mean, I'm not sure those are the references that are going to get you there. I mean, A, why are they talking in the first place? B, why why are they fighting like two eight-year-olds backstage? C, why is there a camera on them? if this is supposed to look authentic and they not notice the camera, I just none of that makes sense to me. So I hate that kind of stuff. But then they, they come out and it's supposed to be Shayna Baszler versus Bailey. Well, then Nia Jax just comes out. Cause I guess she's still pissed off and starts attacking Shayna. And then suddenly they just kind of look at each other and they notice like Sasha and Bailey kind of trying to run away. And then now suddenly they're a team. And they turn and look at them. And then and then afterwards, they're backstage like, we should get those tag belts. Let's team up. And it's like, how on earth, Rob, you talk about believability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how on earth am I supposed to believe that in the matter of 15 minutes, they went from insulting each other personally backstage to physically fighting in the ring 
to suddenly, hey, let's team up. Like, <laughs> it, it, it makes my brain like melt in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's really, really disturbing. And, and I mean, aside from the fact, and just so I'm clear, I am not down with the idea that they feel like they've got to resort to body shaming in the first place. I think that that's stupid anyway. I mean, I guess I could see two fighters against each other would, maybe that's a thing they would say. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, Shayna Baszler would have referenced Haystacks Calhoun in a normal conversation with Nia Jax, but whatever. That, that, that just goes to, to like all of the things that it seems weird about that they do though. Exactly what you're talking about. It made me think of all the times that you go back there and somebody's watching something on a monitor, but they stand like facing away from the monitor and their heads turned back to the monitor like they don't they can't watch television like a normal person or when the camera happens to be on them and then they get a cell phone call it's like why was the camera just sitting on that person you know <laughs> they get they get the phone call it's just it's all weird another uh thing i've, I've heard attributed to uh bruce pritchard a lot uh and it may or may not be so i'm not trying to insult bruce pritchard here except that if it is his idea layoff dude it's the press or the the contract signing which we've got another one coming up on thursday or friday i mean and uh that's a weird one like it feels like every time i read the results of raw right now or smackdown there's a there's a contract signing happening somewhere so that it could all break down and uh it's just it's just a lot it's just a lot very disappointing contract signings are should not be a thing yeah. Um, if you watch SummerSlam, you know that Roman Reigns returned, and that was pretty huge news. But if you thought that was going to be the biggest news of the week, it was not. Akira Tozawa did beat uh, Shelton Benjamin for the WWE 24-7 title. So, uh, you know. I want to know why uh, in the contract, going back to contract signing should not be a thing. Why? Well, I'm just curious because that, it can be done well. I think of Nikita. No, no, no. Not, not, not that it shouldn't be a thing, Rob. Just that it, it feels like it's, it's every week they have it on the show and so no i i think absolutely it can be done well there can be a lot of things done well arm wrestling matches can be done well which by the way they had one um but it can be done well it's just for some reason it's just like it's like their go-to like they don't have another reason for these two to get into a fight is my problem it's like we'll just put them in a contract signing and then they'll, they'll get mad at each other and fight that'll sell it well, it's also become an obligatory way to like uh, do the go home for a, a match that they think it should be a big match. And it's just another one of those like insulting my intelligence because it's like, I, if the only way for you to get me to buy into a match is to have a contract signing where someone flips over a table, like that's lazy storytelling. You should, you should get me invested in the contract signing. If you want to televise that, that should it shouldn't be on the match card as a segment. It should just be part of the part of the process. And and but by then I should already be bought in. You don't use a contract signing to generate interest, you know. And it, it seems like that's what they do a lot. Another thing too, before we move move on, I wanted to say that uh, I think uh, talking about believability, I do think believability is is normally important. But if you're not going to do something that's if you're going to stretch the the limits of believability, it better be. Free- there better be a really good swerve in there. Better be well written. I, you know, I think you know, wrestling is like modern day. It's like the modern day morality play. It's the modern day passion play. Um, some, you know, you better be able to throw in an M Night Shyamalan swerve in there that no no one sees coming, or like an Oedipus 
Rex, you know, the uh, uh, king who's who's told, you know, that he's going to kill his father, marry his mother, and you and you and then finally it uh, unwinds throughout the myth and all that. I mean, it's got to be if it's going to stretch the limits of believability, it better be really good that leaves you scratch your head at the end. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't mind having my believability challenge sometimes. I generally want um, I want this to be simulated combat prize fighting. Uh, but when it comes to the narration and the, and the storytelling, the art of the swerve, man, we've got to get back to that. I mean, like, for instance, uh, the Camille turn there, the spear on Tim Storm. I mean, it well executed. No one saw that coming. Uh, well played. And we're all looking back and going and kind of seeing how they did that. And, and, and you're looking back in previous episodes of Power thinking, man, they're kind of, I see it coming now. Now that, you know, hindsight's 2020, I see it coming. Uh, it's like watching the sixth sense, you know, you, you get to that end and like all these little teasers and hints that were painted all along the way, you didn't notice they were, they were so, they were right in front of your face. So you didn't notice them. And then at the end, you're like, oh my gosh, they, they did that so well. I never saw it, even though they were telling me the whole time. That's the art of storytelling, the art of the sword. We got to get back to that. If you're going to stretch believability, you better be doing that. Telling you what the whole time? Pardon me? What were they telling you the whole time? What are you talking about? What was it? Six cents. You want to spoil it? I was about to say, drop some spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> no, we're going to lose no listeners. Spoilers. Oh, it's great. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just wanted you to, to, to piss somebody off on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, no, no, I 100% agree with that. And you know what? The, I mean, I, I think Will was kind of alluding to this in a little way, is, is too, is that is, I think they want to swerve you, but they want to swerve you so bad they just keep doing it over and over again and yeah, they and it's like the roman reigns say that like you never see it coming or you'll never see it coming it's like they they just pull something out of their butt to be like the thing that you'll never see coming it well, doesn't make any sense it's one it, extreme or the other like yeah. they'll either do that or they'll make it painfully obvious that it's going to happen and you know it's going to happen like you know and i could be i could be exaggerating this in my head but when <laughs> when KO turned on Jericho, right? The festival of friendship. That right. was just so over the top. You, you absolutely, I absolutely knew it was going to happen in that segment, like a week before when they started promoting it because of the trajectory that they had them on. And so, you know, the art of the surprise is one thing when it makes sense and you've dropped little seeds, little hints, not, but right. not, but not when you've made it painfully obvious that this is going to happen and you're just waiting. That's what they're doing with Bailey and Sasha right now. We've known for two years that at some point they're going to have a main event pay-per-view match, the two of them. And, yeah. and they're, they just, they're, they're, they're beyond planting the seeds. They were planting the seeds a year and a half ago. And if they had paid it off that WrestleMania, it would have been perfect, but they didn't. They held I, would back like, and, I would say like part of the problem with them though, is like, there's this dragged out so long and you know, it's not like them dragging out a storyline because they're concerned with long-term booking. It's because they're, uh, they just forget about it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, this doesn't work anymore. Let's just keep them going. And and I feel like that's like, there's no, I, I still don't feel like there's a plan there. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm okay with sometimes it being predictable. That's fine. Like wrestling can still work that way. Sometimes yeah. that's part of the fun. You know what's coming and you just want it to happen and, and you get excited about it. I, I think that, I, I, the best example I could think of, and I'm not a huge New Japan fan, not for any 
particular reason i just never get a chance to watch it regularly but it seems like every time i read about them it's like ghetto over there is just doing standard 101 wrestling storytelling and just like just these guys hate each other these guys are in a tag team now one's jealous here we go here's another thing and it's just like standard stuff but new japan got more and more and more popular and nobody not many at least bitch about new japan <laughs> it's right. like new japan works and it's like why why is that so hard to believe i mean i feel like power was doing that there was nothing like i mean the oldest thing yeah it's nice every once in a while you get a really good swerve like rob said that you got seeds planted along the way for like strictly business to be formed but a lot of the stuff in nwa power was like 101 let's just make some matches let's make some feuds these guys don't like each other they want to prove they're better there's nothing wrong with that yeah uh, and I, I would even agree, I agree with you. And I would say, and I don't want to press this point too much because someone who knows way more about me could probably argue on the other side of it. But I, I would say that probably if we're, if we're really focused on simulated combat sports, prize fighting, we've got this little drinking game, by the way, every time I say prize fighting, you got to take a shot. That's why I'm already hammered. Yeah. Um, in prize fighting, it should most often be predictable. And it, it, it there are different levels of storytelling, right? There's a storytelling that, that just comes with a strength of character, right? Thunder Rosa's character is compelling. She doesn't have to do a lot of swerving, you know? I don't think there's much that Thunder Rosa has done that's like, like caught us off guard to where we're like, I can't believe it. But she's so good that she doesn't need to do that. She's, there's a storytelling that just comes with a strength of character. There's a storytelling that goes on in the ring in a match. And then there's a storytelling that draws a narrative that leads to matches. Most of the time, it should be fairly predictable. Swerving is like, uh, it's like icing on a nice slice of gravy cake, right? right? Icing is good. It's delicious, but only a little bit. You get too much icing and it loses it. Then it becomes repulsive. It's like, come on, dude. It's like it loses its value. A swerve should happen, but only every once in a while. Most of the time, there should be cogent storytelling leading to to contract signings and 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 prize fights under under uh, under gentlemen's rules, um, and that's what I think. That's what the NWA does so well. That's what uh, other you know. I'm hoping I can't wait to see how Mission Pro does this. I think they're going to do well because I think um, the people that are involved in it have those kinds of instincts. I think AEW does it to some extent. Ring of Honor and Impact do it also. Uh, and every now and again, WWE is on to something, you know. Most often they're not, but but um, I don't know if that makes – I don't want to, again, filibuster, but hopefully that, you understand where I'm going with that. No, I 100% get it, and uh, I just want to give a shout-out. Speaking of Thunder Rosa, uh, Thunder's husband is in the chat, Brian, and we're always grateful to have him here. And he has lost 48 pounds in three months, so props to you, nice. Brian. Nice. Uh, somebody asked him – how or what his secret was he said people body shaming him so um <laughs> so that's a, so i guess that there is a positive to it uh andrew mckinney in the chat though dropping in here ghetto has consistency in a way mcmahon hasn't had in years mcmahon is so desperate to not be boxed in as wrestling that he ignores all of the basics of what's made pro wrestling successful forever very and, good uh, very well good said. point well said yeah i think that establishes it um yeah, and, and Front Row saying I'd argue that the biggest stars in WWE history were not their best wrestlers. It's all about characters and stories. Yeah, I think that's that's I think we're all like kind of on the same page there with, with that stuff. 
Uh, does it bother anybody else that the uh, ninjas look exactly like Retribution? And I would not know them apart. And I assumed they were the same people when I would just like see clips at first, but now I'm paying attention. Like ninjas, and I understand. Like generic, generically? Oh yeah, generic like ninjas. Just ninjas. They're just ninjas. They're Akira Tozawa has ninjas. Did you know that, yeah. Rob? And it looks like the costume yeah. you get at like the costume store when you're Halloween shopping, just the one that just says ninja. And they're not, it's like, that's what it looks like. Okay. Yeah, and you can't that's tell not them the apart. We shop in when we go to the costume store there, and uh... <laughs> and, and for anybody not familiar with Retribution, let me just tell you they they are a group that looks like a bunch of ninjas and that are very angry at the ring and the ringside area. They just very they, they just run out and just break things and. There's been know anything else about them, really. If you didn't know any better, you'd almost think it was a, a comedy act because, you know, obviously we don't know who's behind the masks, but uh, they're not the top notch uh, actors and talent in the company. I could tell you that one of my favorite moments was when they were at the performance center, I guess, and they a couple of them walked up with big cinder blocks and uh, the first guy threw it through the window, busted the window down. And uh, the second guy then just threw his through the already broken window into the hallway. <laughs> I was like, well, that's one way to do it, I guess. So these are not skilled vandals is what I'm saying. Uh, they are uh, actors for sure. For what it's worth, though, they did help Akira Tozawa beat Shelton Benjamin for the 24-7 title. So at least Shelton has that to uh, back him up. Because if you thought, if you thought for a second, when they paired shelton up with bobby lashley and uh mvp you were like i think they're actually doing something with shelton shelton benjamin you know the thing they should have done 20 years ago they're finally doing it now that uh you know maybe maybe you've got a chance of still being right i guess i don't know it's not looking good to be honest with you uh, if we want to say something positive, uh, the more I see that new U.S. title belt, the more I like it. It looks really good. It's kind of pretty. Yeah. It's kind of pretty. Um, I, it's like the Intercontinental title belt. Like, I, I honestly, I don't hate the design of that belt. I hate that it's the Intercontinental title belt. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, why, why did you do that? Like, the belt's kind of cool looking. It's just, that should not be the Intercontinental title belt. The Intercontinental title belt got kind of iconic there. And Cody Rhodes brought back the one that was iconic and just leave it alone. Stop it. Um, I'm trying to think of other things we want to cover from, uh, dude, there's just, I, I, I don't like being negative is my problem. And so I'm trying to think of things I want to cover from Raw. I mean, there's Rey Mysterio and Dominic and the Seth Rollins thing. Uh, they make... I never thought I would use this word in an actual conversation, but I'm going to do it here. I'm going to do it right now. They make Rey Mysterio be a cuck with his son. Ooh. And it's just, it is just, I hate it. It makes me so angry because Rey Mysterio is one of the legendary wrestlers of all time. And I get it. He's making millions of dollars, but it is like, he is useless. He, it's like, they, they just, he just watches his son get beat up 
every week it feels like and it is terrible and it's just like this week he got beat up by retribution and it's like this is ray gosh darn mysterio what are you guys doing like this is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and you make him look like a punk like every single week anyway i'm sorry if i offended anyone when you said punk did you say punk earlier that's I not said, what I, I said cuck earlier like cuckold yeah like he basically yeah. the, the mariah reynolds husband of the wwe mm, there you go <laughs> all right glad we uh left it there i'll be corrected in the chat by the way that the name is pronounced gado 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 uh anyway whatever what else do you guys want to talk about from raw oh yeah we should talk about the debut of keith lee from nxt he came in on monday night raw that's the big news right he interrupted randy orton and tried to punk him out they had like a i you know i honestly don't know what they're trying to do here they had like a stupid little match drew mcintyre got involved and then it's just going to lead to keith lee is taking on randy orton at the next pay-per-view which you know if you're anxious if you're if you're like on the edge of your seat about that matchup, don't worry. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. Yeah. They just had SummerSlam. <laughs> now they're gonna have payback on Sunday. Well, they're yeah. really putting their their uh, money where their mouth is, talking about uh, short attention spans. I guess they're gonna start doing weekly pay per views as well. Seems like. <sighs> well, anyway, I don't I don't know. Uh, you guys in the chat probably know a little bit better. The listeners probably know a little bit better. Um, there was a huge outrage, a huge outrage over a lot of things involving the Keith Lee debut. A lot of people were scared of him coming to WWE Raw um, because of his uh, just what they would what they would do with him. Uh, but they changed up yeah. his music, they changed up his outfit, and so a lot of people were unhappy with this stuff. The outfit, to me, like I saw it, I was like, yeah, whatever like i don't i don't think it affected me too much but uh did you guys have any opinion on that um keith lee is is one of the uh biggest names to ever come out of nxt ever i mean he uh immensely talented very very fun um good talker um he is the only man ever to hold the north american and the nxt title simultaneously kind of like back to you know ultimate warrior holding the winged eagle and that classic intercontinental belt at the same time That's he's the only one to ever do it the in greatest it. yeah you know um and i think probably and you're right like the music thing not that big a deal although his 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 music in nxt had gotten sort of synonymous with him and it's very recognizable oh, i was getting to the music by the way rob i'm sorry to sorry to cut you off but no i was talking mainly about the outfit didn't affect right. me too much the music sucked i think both of them are harbingers of what of what you alluded to with people being afraid of what the WWE is about to do with this, with this great talent that Keith Lee is, uh, that we're about to see a dismantling of someone that can be, you know, like kind of like what they did with Cesaro or somebody where they don't use someone who can easily become a Cena or a Nick Aldis or, or something like that, you know, and be a, a main, a, a headliner. And so I think when they're looking at these tr changes, even though they're trivial, I mean, you're changing a man's look that people have known since he's, since all the way back to, to uh, carnage days and, and, and before, you know, evolve and all that stuff. And he's pretty, pretty much done the same thing. And now in the music, those are just harbingers or, or telltale signs that uh, they're not, the WWE is not going to be a respecter of what Keith 
Lee has done with his own character and what he's established in NXT. So I don't know that that's the case. I think that's just what is feeding into people's fears. Yeah, I agree. And I think because of their track record, like you said, all of that stuff is going to be blown out of proportion, even even if it turns out not to be a big deal. And, and I want to talk about, too, one of the things that Front Row mentioned in the chat that's a great point in talking about WWE storytelling and missing the mark is that Randy Orton is notorious over the last few months for trashing NXT talent and just their 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 style of wrestling on Twitter. So why would you why not have Keith Lee come in, call him out, say, "Hey, I'm here for Randy Orton. You know, I I've I'm coming from NXT and I'm here to show you we're not a joke and all this kind of stuff." That's just a, such a missed opportunity, you know, to tell a cohesive story and it's like they have that like you know that wall up where it's like as soon as you cross brands it's like nothing that happened before that even existed you know and to your point about his his entire character development his all the things that got him over to begin with about him it's like they're immediately going to start picking away at it and say okay we'll, we'll start with the music and the and the outfit and then you know, it's, it seems like it's all downhill from there. Yeah. Yeah. Just signs. I mean, again, and I know that uh, I saw it in the chat too, that, that Keith Lee obviously is out there on social media saying, don't worry about it. I got this, but it's just, you know, it, it's not like there's not good reason to be afraid. It's not like, you know, the WWE has the best track record on dealing responsibly with people like this. But I, again, I, I like Keith Lee. Um, I do like the NXT. I think it's one of the probably the best thing that WWE has its hands on. And it's one of those areas where, you know, you get to see some character development. You get to see people be people to some extent. Um, you know, I really, uh, you know, I was expecting the Karrion uh, Cross and Keith Lee thing to go on for a little longer. And it's just sort of kind of just ended. And I hate Keith Lee leaving on a loss like that. Uh, but it is what it is, you know. I, I just, I just wish the best for him. He's a good guy, and uh, he deserves to, 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 to be, you know, to win a claim and, and to do well and to ultimately headline a pay per view in the WWE. So, yeah, I think overall, like Keith Lee's, I think he's going to overcome anything they do with him. I, I feel pretty confidently that he's one of those talents that he's gonna, he's gonna rise above no matter what. It's cool to see him. Uh, you know, we're seeing that in the chat that uh, he's apparently going to be. Uh, doing his best to make some moves on his own and uh hopefully he pushes his uh his weight around and i mean that in a nice way uh, <laughs> and, uh i saw rob's face look at me like what he uh like, hold on <laughs> <laughs> but um i you know will you did give me something from fightful earlier today that just said that uh much was made about keith lee's new wwe theme which debuted on raw was poorly received by fans and critics uh they learned that uh he had signed off on that change but they were urging talent to ditch their CFOs themes. Uh, so that had been kind of a, that's kind of a thing going on in the back about the royalties for those theme songs and uh, the, the, the rights fees or whatever that come along with them. And some talents have refused, but uh, interesting just that Lee signed off on it. Yeah. And, you know, for those that don't know, CFOs is a musical group or producers that have produced a lot of the more recent um, WWE theme 
theme songs and entrance musics. And are they um, doing most of NXTs? I think that's where they started doing pretty much all of NXT stuff. Um, but they've, you know, kind of overflowed into the main roster stuff. And then with a couple of years ago, um, WWE parting ways with Jim Johnson, who was, I mean, he's iconic, um, you know, as far as the theme music that he's, he's written and recorded. Um, well, the, the reason I asked, man, is because like, I, I sorry, is, is that, I feel like, uh, like a lot of things, NXT is very good at at stuff that we diss the main roster for, and and I think theme song wise, like NXT's had some cool. Overall, they've had some cool theme songs. I mean, when you think back to like that's where like uh, uh, Shinsuke came yep. in with that theme, and and Finn that's, Balor and and that sort of thing. So it's like there's there's been some cool stuff out of that. Yeah, um, now with like Carrying Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux, man, that is like money. That's fire, literally, <laughs> when they come, in, you know. And that music, I think that's Scarlet Bordeaux. Did she did she write that, or did uh or mm, I don't know. I know she sing? sings, but yeah. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, you're you're spot on, Gary. Um, oh sorry, Will. Do you have something else? No, I just, you might have hit on this, but apparently they're having um, some disputes with the the record company or publishing company about royalties for the CFOs and, and the, their songs and stuff like that. So WWE has pretty much quit using their stuff for anyone new and they've encouraged people to move away from theme songs that they were using if they were you know, produced by CFOs. So I don't know, we might be seeing some more of that. I think that started back in February. So they're kind of trying to phase out a lot of those CFOs songs, which sucks. Cause you know, a lot of, I mean, God, if they do that to Shinsuke, I'll riot. You know what I mean? Like oh, you can change that music now. His, his theme song is like, it, it's already iconic. And those two, those two I mentioned Finn and Shinsuke, like, I don't feel like you could ever, ever, ever touch those. Yeah. Like they're, they're too good. Um, uh, WWE front row in the chat saying Scarlett didn't write the song, but she does perform it. And uh, so there, that's why we love our chat. They give us like the extra tidbits of news that we don't already have right here for you, for you people. Uh, another breaking news story that we got just out of the chat room. This is why you got to be here live. If you're listening to this later, uh, Thunder's husband just let us know that, uh, you know, this time last year, WWE was trying to bring in Thunder Rosa as a referee. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so that's that's a thing. Um, glad that that did not happen. God or Thunder Rosa moving very mysterious. I, I'm glad that that did not happen, but I'm also glad her coming in as a wrestler didn't happen either. Because my God, could you imagine how no, underutilized no. she would be? Yeah. Uh, so do you guys have anything else you want to talk about on WWE Monday Night Raw or WWE in general before we move on from this bit of information? Because like I said, I don't like being a negative person and we can we can move on to something else so I can be happy. Yeah, let's move on. All right. Great. We want uh, you happy, Gary. We, we are here <laughs> for your happiness. Only. Well, I'm going to get happier. James Lawrence is going to get into a sad, sad depression because we're going to talk a minute about AEW Dynamite and uh, just any points that you guys wanted to hit on there. We kind of did touch on it Sunday, so we don't have to spend all day on it or anything. But um, was there anything 
outstanding that you didn't get to talk about with AEW Dynamite? Uh, 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 we left one small little thing out, I think. <laughs> what was that, Rob? Uh, I don't know. There was this belt at the end that they uh, – there was this match, and there was this thing that happened. And I don't know. I mean, it wasn't that big a deal, but oh. I don't even remember who it was, but uh, – did we, yeah, not, that is did we not talk about that? No, yeah. actually, now that he's saying that, I remember we talked about it in like the later, later after show, and we for some reason did not talk about it like on the actual Sunday night show. But yes, Cody Rhodes got his ass handed to him by Brody Lee and uh, lost the TNT title. And uh, that was a pretty big shock. I mean, or was it? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. See, that's one of those things. I don't even know that it was that much of a shock. Like it was, it was just... It was a shock in storyline. I mean, not storyline. It was a shock in trajectory for the title because we all felt like that it had so much traction. But it's a good example of what Rob's talking about. You don't have to – you can swerve the audience. You can have these turns, unexpected turns, because at the same time after it happened, you were like, well, yeah, Brody Lee's a – he's a hoss. Yeah. This This makes sense, you know? I mean, it was believable that 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 happened you know what i mean it wasn't like it, it wasn't this like crazy unbelievable inauthentic thing that happened so i mean you know going into it i don't think i would have told anybody oh yeah i think i think cody will drop the belt to him I, yeah i figured it, it i i think for me it was like this thing of um i remember telling people talking to a buddy of mine who had heard that that cody was going to drop it and we were, we were having the conversation i'm like yeah if you want Brody Lee to matter then he's already come in and, and he jobbed to to Moxley and I mean it was a good match and all that stuff but but it's like he's supposed to be the leader of the Dark Order and if the Dark Order is supposed to be significant if Brody Lee is supposed to be a real threat in AEW uh, then you know he does need a big win so it makes perfect sense for him to come in and especially for Cody Rhodes who's been competing every single week defending that title that like one day somebody big and bad is going to take you up on that offer and this particular week it was Brody Lee who's no pushover and he comes in and he just beats the hell out of you uh so all of it makes sense and it's disappointing like I'm disappointed to see Cody drop it but I feel like at the end of the day it's the it's the disappointing of like I love my football team and they just lost and it's you know so that's in wrestling, that's the right kind of disappointed, I guess. So, and then there, there's some chatter on social media today, and you guys may have come across it, but it, uh, it says that uh, Cody Rhodes will be off television for an extended period. To, to uh, um, So there's some story writing going on there, if that's true. But, you know, I mean, just speculating here, I don't know. I mean, we've got this, this partnership evidently between the nwa and aew now which which is producing this um this match that we've dreamed about hopefully you know, between thunder rosa and cheetah but could we see in this in this downtime for a cody Rhodes, could we see him appear on primetime live or something like that i mean is that too much to speculate on where we're you know we talked about what would move the needle on that first pay-per-view to make this nwa rebirth again something that would be a blockbuster and something that's going to immediately immediately generate national international attention all this roads three so 
if I could speculate for just a second, like if you were going to do something like this, now would be like the absolute perfect time, right? Like if you were, if you were booking this out and there's been the talk, Will's brought this up in previous episodes before, but there's been the talk of like a four horsemen like group of like a Cody Rhodes beginning something like that. What better way to kickstart a weird turn for Cody Rhodes than to come in and, uh, and I'm just thinking here, but he drops that title to Brody Lee. Then he goes on and it's like, you know what? I'll take the NWA title. And then he goes in and he challenges to Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis takes him to school, gets keeps that NWA title. Cody Rhodes is coming off two harsh losses. And uh, he's got to take time to reevaluate what's going on in his career. Uh, I think, I, I mean, that's just an idea, but that, that feels like something that could happen. I agree. We all want to see it for sure. And I mean, God, I mean, fantasy booking. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, and and I think Cody is somebody who understands and respects because we talk about this a lot too, but we, we often view AEW through the lens of WWE and we think that those guys don't, and they've proved, proven us wrong, but we think they don't play well with others and things like that. But I, I think Cody has a different mind for wrestling than, you know, when we think of mainstream, you know, big talent. And I could honestly see him doing that. I could see him saying, I mean, he's been grinding hard for the better part of a year for AEW. He's had that title for the last couple of months, fighting every week, different people. I mean, from, from a reality standpoint, I mean, imagine how hard it is to defend that title against people that you're familiar with, that you wrestle a lot on a week in week out basis, he was bringing in people that weren't even in AEW Warhorse, Ricky Starks, Eddie Kingston, you know, and, and Ricky and Eddie are, are part of AEW now, but when he wrestled them, they weren't. So he's been in, in there putting on unique matches week in and week out, defending that TNT title. And he's probably rightfully exhausted. And, you know, I think he deserves a little break and I think he probably wants one. Um, and I think, whatever happens after that will be huge. And what is more huge than going after the NWA world's heavyweight title. And there's already some crossover. We see the women's world title on AEW dynamite now, um, you know, creating some more synergy there and everyone knows, I mean, you know, AEW was birthed from all in. That was the, the birthplace. And one of the headlining matches of all in was Nick Aldis versus Cody Rhodes. So there's a lot of value in revisiting that, reestablishing that that rivalry and and repositioning those two guys as rivals, I think would go a long way for, for both companies. I mean, considering the circumstances, I mean, in, in the situation that we're in right now where uh, we were getting here, but now's the perfect time to go ahead and mention it. If for some reason you've been living under a, a very dark rock, um, Thunder Rosa debuted on AEW this past week with the NWA Women's Championship and challenged Takara Shida to a world title match. Um, I mean, this partnership, I mean, this is their chance to establish that they can work together. I, and, and these are the kind of moves that you can make to try to a tit for tat kind of thing. Like, uh, you know, like let's, let's, let's work something out. Let's make some talent trades, see if we can make something happen. I mean, this is the perfect opportunity for something like that to happen. So uh, I, that would be 
that would be top notch. I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. No. All right. Um, well, I mean, that's the, the uh, main stuff from AEW that we wanted to hit on, I think. And uh, I guess the next bit of news we would mention is that uh, now I'm not familiar with this. Will, we've had a, in our pre-production meetings and stuff like that. You've talked about not having familiarity with, with some of the new indie talent and that sort of thing. And that's something we're going to try to cover as we, uh, as we expand on what we're doing here uh, at the show. But uh, Dave Marquez announced today that Chris Dickinson, uh, he's competed with Evolve, AAA, Beyond Wrestling. It's the first officially announced competitor for United Wrestling Network's primetime live pay-per-view. So uh, it's just a new competitor that they're absolutely bringing in. I mean, I guess besides the people you expect to see from the NWA and that sort of thing, I personally have no familiarity with Chris Dickinson. I don't know him. I started following Binday uh, just to get to know him and uh that sort of thing but kind of cool that they're they're teasing some new talent and that sort of thing i don't know if either of you guys uh know, know the gentleman uh i don't know him personally but uh oh weird i, I did uh i dm'd him and he said you guys used to hang out in high school we might have i don't know those those years were a blur but uh j cal did give some some a good overview information earlier today on uh, the Alliance blogs pre-show. So you can go check that out. He, he gives a little background and talks about um, Chris Dickinson and his history and, and his, you know, wrestling all across the world. He's been in some various promotions, New Zealand and things like that. So uh, he, he's a, he's an accomplished guy and he, he's definitely experienced. So, uh, and, and that's interesting. It's an interesting announcement. Like you said, obviously this is in addition to the normal, you know, UWN talent and obviously NWA talent that we can assume will be appearing on the show. And so I think it's um, kind of a taste of what they want to do. They want to bring people in that are from outside those two circles and um, create, you know, something bigger, um, something bigger and better than, than what's currently out there right now. So. Yeah, I think this too is a, is a, is a chance for uh, United through primetime to do something really good, and that's to give some of these journeyman uh, wrestlers that have labored on the independent network uh, a big stage. Uh, Chris Dickinson is someone that uh, I, I, I'm familiar with him through Chikara. That's a promotion that I like a lot. Mike Quackenbush's old promotion, I think it's defunct right now, but it's out of uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, Bethlehem, that area. Uh, he was also in Evolve for a while. Um won a tag team championship there. This is a talented guy, you know, but he, he needs a stage. And I think uh, this partnership is, is the thing that's going to do that. And I, you know, uh, applaud um, what they're doing with primetime live is, uh, you know, to give a chance for a guy like this, who's worked hard, put paid his dues and needs a, needs a bigger stage. So it's a good, it's a good move. Yeah. And just looking over some of the talent that he's either, you know, teamed with or been up against just to give him some validity. If you don't know him, um, some names that come up are uh, Brody Lee, who we just mentioned, Rich Swan, Ricochet, Matt Riddle, um, uh, Keith Lee, who we just talked about. Um, so, I mean, you know, he, he's, he's an experienced guy and he's been in the ring with some of these names that we're, we're talking about, you know, in the top tier of professional wrestling. So he's definitely uh, got the clout and the credibility and um, I'm anxious to, to see what he can do. Uh, another name too, and we think about when we go back to Chikara, like I mentioned, um, the man who's you know 
obviously Quack, that was his promotion, but the man who probably more than any other epitomizes Chikara Pro and who was the first Chikara Grand Champion ever, Eddie Kingston. They've got a little bit of history. So, uh, so it's, you know, it's, you know, this is a guy who's deserving of a platform. He will, he will entertain you for sure. Speaking of Eddie Kingston, by the way, did you guys see on Twitter that uh, he issued that he still really, really wanted to fight Nick Aldis and Zack Sabre Jr.? I think that's worth mentioning. He's tweeting that out publicly. Uh, and uh, Nick Aldis did reply and said, I'm, I'm still open for business. So It's not over. Yeah. yeah. So again, with what Thunder Rose is doing, with what Thunder Rose is doing, I mean, all bets are off. I mean – that's what I was going to say. I mean, it's something that we're, we're going to have to get used to with the AEW because the thing that you kept hearing when Kingston signed with them and when Ricky Stark signed with them is like, oh, they're stealing all of our talent. They're stealing all of our talent. I don't think any of these doors are closing because these guys are getting right. deals with AEW. I don't think AEW operates the same way that we imagine the evil empire of the WWE running things. I don't think they operate the same way. If they did, Eddie wouldn't be tweeting this out, you know, less than a month after he signs a contract with them. You know what I mean? It would just be stupid. So I think he knows and he's smart enough. He's been around. He knows the business. He's been uh, in charge of himself and getting himself over and, and, and getting around. And I think he would not be tweeting that out if it was for naught. You know, I think there's 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 storyline here and there's there's going to be a payoff and we just got to stay open to it. And, and when it happens, it'll be huge. We'll leave it back to Cody. I mean, Cody's like dropping names in the interviews like he wants a rematch with Nick Aldis. I mean, that's happened already. He said that. I mean, I don't think that they would like that's not a thing you get out of WWE all the time. You know, if anything, it's Randy Orton who has enough uh street cred in wwe that he could probably say whatever he wants to but he just name drops like insults to like the young bucks or something but it's never like a actual like credible respectable challenge like cody saying like i'd love to take on nick aldis one more time or eddie kingston saying i still want to fight nick aldis or any of that stuff or like when thunder was even talking about taking on hikara shida early on before it was actually a thing so yeah, I, I will say for everybody who's waiting on me to say something negative about Dave Meltzer, I will say I was listening to uh, Wrestling Observer Radio and uh, they, they brought it up like Brian Alvarez brought it up as a news item. I was like, all right, you got to hear like uh, Thunder Rosa at AEW. And he's like, uh, yeah, so the story there is uh, they weren't doing anything right now. And Tony Khan had it as an idea and he wanted Hikarshi to face Thunder Rosa. Billy Corgan was okay with it. And so that's what's going on. I was like, that is, that is not news. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is, that is that's art. I mean, that's happened. And I think that that's pretty much the go-to explanation <laughs> that anybody would have. So I don't, I don't, I don't feel like that's an added scoop or anything. No. So. I mean, we made the point on Sunday. I mean, let's, let's, let's not kid ourselves. Um, in the history of professional wrestling, it's been the norm for people to not borrow talent, but for people to to traverse between promotion and promotion. There's only one organization that doesn't do that, that acts like the rest of the world doesn't exist, and that's the WWE. Everybody else is 
has done that and done that with regularity and that and that's what's healthy and that's why when we speak of the nwa as a meta promotion it doesn't scare us to see uh thunder rosa up here with that beautiful burnt belt on national tv right there on an AEW screen and i mean that she 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 holds the burnt that's the most prestigious title and and uh, she'll accept any challenge and go anywhere so that that's the norman wrestling that's not an aberration and whatever freaking Randy Orton says, I mean, whatever, man. He's he's a he's a big part of what what's wrong with the WWE and and uh, you know name dropping and insulting guys like the Young Bucks is the is the least of his you know of his transgressions. He doesn't have a, a lot of my respect. That's a, you know anyway. Yeah, and for James Lawrence, just so it doesn't sound like we're just blowing smoke up AEW's ass here the whole time either. Uh, front row's mentioning in there, no knock on TR or Sheeta, but I feel like AEW commentary could have done more to make a bigger deal out of this matchup and partnership. Yeah. Uh, we 100% said that on Sunday. That was our criticism, too. Uh, they, they, It was so casual the way JR just threw to it, and it was just like, oh, here she is. It wasn't even that. It was JR saying, and now we'll go to the NWA Women's Champion, Thunder Rosa. Like, it's like, like we were all supposed to know <laughs> that that was going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we kind of did because of the spoilers. But, I mean, in the, in the context of the show, you weren't supposed to know. But he just dropped it so casually. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, here it is. Wait, what? You know? Yeah. It's just there like, should have been a little more, a little more uh, reaction, I felt like. But, you know, I thought they executed it really well. Again, we talked about this the other night, so I don't want to, you know, recap it again. But, like – you know, zooming in on the belt, making it a point to mention NWA as much as possible. These guys are not scared of competition. They're not scared of other promotions and they're utilizing it. So, you know, until AEW gives me a reason to believe that they are talent poachers like the WWE. And if you want to talk about Ricky Starks and Eddie Kingston, those guys were in charge of their own domain. I don't think they were sought after um you know ricky starks was already a free agent by the time he went and and we all know the story he was unsigned the night that he wrestled cody and he got signed because of that match so i mean he earned his spot i I don't think w or aew you know was was blowing his phone up saying hey you got to get away from the nwa come over here and it wasn't like that um and the way that they're handling this uh with thunder rosa like i just don't see it the way that some people are seeing it as this threat that they're going to take down the NWA. Like it's not, if that was their goal, do you think that they would allow the Burke to be front and center that entire promo? Yeah. You know what I I mean? Again, and I know James Lawrence has got his, his opinions and we love James Lawrence and, and, you know, I'd love to sit and talk with him in person, try to get at the heart of like what a lot of his criticisms are. I mean, we've heard some of them here, but I think that, that let's remember for, for whatever faults they might have. And I'm sure when you're, anytime you're a mega promotion like that, you're going to have some, but AEW was founded under the premises of men who wanted to be free unshackled, wanted to restore wrestling by, by guys like the young bucks and, and Jericho and all this. And uh, you know, and, and they found a sponsor con, you know, he obviously has a business interest. It's paying off, but, they're letting these guys do wrestling. They're letting them, they're giving, you know, he's letting them have a lot of freedom and exercise a lot of risk taking. And, and I think again, like you guys said, I think, Will, you said it just a little bit, you're going to see more and more of this as time goes on. And, and Thunder Rosa's um, who, who her, her promo, by the way, was fire. 
There's no, no nothing that she did was anything less than money. I mean, she. Oh no, and it. it got the respect it deserves online. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it 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 caught on. I mean, so so I think that the steam's still there behind it. Um, and the buzz too, the buzz around social media after that happened and as it was happening when they were trending in this and that just shows you what we've been saying for so long that, you know, say what you want about the hiatus and them not defending the belts or whatever, their conduct during this time, you know, from the time they won their championships to the present has been so impeccable that they have earned international legitimate respect and credibility just, just by the force of who they are. And so that whatever they do, it seems like, again, to quote that guy from the Wells comic-con it seems like whatever they're doing is the most important thing in wrestling whatever thunder is doing whatever nick Aldis is doing it seems like the most important thing whether it is or not it sure seems that way well let's throw out the question that a lot of people have that i've seen a lot and that i've had myself and uh that i see in the chat room right now since we're we're doing this live show here uh andrew mckinney drops in sincere questions who wins thunder rosa and Hikarashita? Uh, does losing the match hurt Thunder Rosa or the NWA? And what are the chances that AEW allows her to walk away with the belt? Uh, first of all, I just want to say there's a, an assumption out there that there's no way that AEW would let an outsider like Thunder Rosa come in and win the title. I don't have any precedents to believe that about AEW. I have tons of precedents to believe that about WWE. I don't have any precedents to, to say that that's a foregone conclusion with this. Um, if anything, I've got more evidence to say Thunder Rosa could walk out of there with two belts um, because just of what they've allowed to go on, which is so much more and so much further beyond the boundaries that again, the, 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 our cynical WWE poisoned minds have led us to believe about the wrestling industry. And mm -hmm. so in my mind, I think Thunder Rosa wins that match. I mean, I'm an NWA fan. I'm a hundred percent biased, but I, I just don't think it's a foregone conclusion that she's going to lose that match. And I will say this, if, and that's a big, if she does lose the match, Thunder Rosa is a world-class athlete she's a world-class fighter and performer she will not look weak she, if you know anything about thunder rosa even if you just follow her on social media this is a woman who has taken control of her life and her destiny in this business in mixed martial arts and she is doing nothing that does not progress her career so i can tell you that without a doubt and so if she does not come out of this match victorious, it is not going to make her look weak. Cause I can't imagine a scenario where she could possibly look weak. You know what I mean? And so whatever happens, she's going to come out looking great. And again, I honestly believe she's going to walk out of there with both belts. That's just my opinion. Man, you over here, we about to have camp meeting up here. You speaking the gospel truth, man. Mm. I feel like, hey. Hang on, I got my Bible. I got my Bible. There it is. There it is. Uh, <laughs> so a couple of things that you said really, really resonated with me. You talk about precedent. We don't have a precedent for what AEW is going to do. We do know that AEW has set the precedent that they will work with the NWA, that they will, that they'll, you know, that a guy like Cody Rhodes can wrestle Nick Aldis and, and that be the lead in to the build of the promotion that Thunder Rosa can come on with the Burke. 
we do we can see Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson on AEW. We do know that they will do that. So whatever precedent we know about the AEW, that's there. And I, you know, I see James Lawrence's comment about the the inherent evil of billionaires. I don't want to get into class warfare and all that, but you know, I think that the care the paint please let's picture, do that. That your pitch the picture you're painting of Crockett. It really should be a picture of the fact that Crockett aggressively pushed his business uh, in a way that others did not do. That he, had, I, I do see Vince as being much more, um, you know, dismissive of the history of wrestling. I don't see Crockett doing that quite as much. Uh, did he contribute to the death of the territories? Yeah, he did. When Vince changed the game and all that. So, uh, but uh, regardless of that, we could debate that topic and maybe we do it tonight. I don't know, but. But the precedent that we've seen AEW establish is that they're willing to work with the NWA. We don't know what this means about the belts or who's going to win or what. I will tell you that is there a way that eight, that Thunder Rosa could lose and it hurt her? Yes. If they go in there and they bury her, if they go in there and they and they completely smash her, that could happen. Do I see AEW doing that? I don't. I don't see Thunder Rosa allowing that to happen. Um, nothing that I've seen about about this paints that picture for me. I think they've treated her with dignity. They've treated, they've handled the talent that have come over from the NWA with a great deal of dignity. Uh, so uh, I don't see that could, could uh, Thunder Rosa lose and still elevate the NWA? Heck yeah. I think that one of the best matches that all this was ever in was his loss to Cody Rhodes. Epic match. It elevated his stature, even though he lost. Sometimes you lose, you know, you don't win them all. I mean, it's like Ric Flair, he could turn a promo and say something like, like, you know, when I come out here week after week and week after week and say I can't be beat, I'm lying because I've been beaten twice in the last 10 years. You get beat. It happens. Thunder Rosa someday will get beat. Nick Aldis is going to lose at some point, but there's a way to lose and still elevate yourself. So I see I'm with Will. I think that Thunder Rosa actually wins this match. I believe that, not just because I'm biased. I think we're all biased and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think based on the fanfare with this, what's going on in social media, the fact that the conventional wisdom is that the NWA has more to, to, to gain than, uh, than lose from this. Um, I see Thunder Rosa winning this thing. Uh, could she lose it? Yes, she could lose it. She does great. She's one of the greatest in the world, but if Thunder Rosa loses it, it's not going to be in a way that in any way diminishes her as the real world champion or anything. It'll be in a way that elevates everything. It's just not going to happen. Thunder Rosa walks out having two belts. My thing is, is, is look, I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking, I, look, I get, I get criticisms of AEW as far as their wrestling product, right? But I look at it as like Tony Khan's been a fan. Like he's, he's a guy like us. Like he's, he's a guy, and, I'm, and don't get me wrong, I know he's not like us. Like, you know, I didn't walk around with like a billion dollars to bail me out of anything if I wanted to. Um, but I mean that that he's a guy like us in the fact that he was on pro wrestling message boards and he was a fan of the product and a fan of the Attitude Era and ECW and WCW and all of these things. Like he was a wrestling fan. He loved the talent. And I don't think that he's Vince McMahon. He never came at it from the same angle that Vince McMahon did. And I don't know Tony Khan, so I'm not going to sit here and try to take up for him. But I look at him right now as a guy, and sure, he may be evil. I don't know. But I look at him as a guy who's experimenting. So he's letting these wrestlers try all these different things that they do on the independent scene. Some of the stuff we like, some of the stuff we hate. 
and he's letting it all play out. I mean, there's hardcore wrestlers in W or sorry, WCW. There's hardcore wrestlers at AEW. There's uh, indie guys doing the things like Young Bucks and Kenny Omega did in that match that happened uh, this past week on Dynamite that I personally didn't even care for, but a lot of people loved. Like I didn't get that match. But there's uh there's triple A guys in there. So you got your luchadors, you got, I mean, there's everything. And then you've still got guys like Cody Rhodes, which I have a hard time believing anybody out there would disagree, is carrying on a traditional presence in AEW. So I think that he's a guy experimenting and seeing what works. Right now, they're they're like not even a year old yet or just a year old or something like that. And they're just throwing out stuff and seeing what works. They're giving every opportunity to anybody i think he's different than vince mcmahon already i i, I see this the talk in the chat of like nwa in the 90s coming into wwe but i don't even see that even being relevant to this in the fact that tony khan's already done a, a crap ton of things that are totally different than that i mean these guys that are being brought in like eddie kingston and warhorse and uh ricky starks and all of that they're independent contractors, like independent talent, not signed, nothing set in stone when they walk in for that TNT title challenge. Like they're, that's not something Vince McMahon would even do. Um, so that's already different. That already establishes something. From every understanding I have of FTR's contract, they have permission to wrestle elsewhere if they want to. They, they have permission to like in the u.s which is a lot different than my understanding of john moxley's contract which by the way allows him to wrestle for new japan pro wrestling he is the u.s champion over there now there is a a a deal in place that he can't like wrestle for them in the u.s that's i don't know part of me is still like all right that's business i wish that wasn't the case but you know, that's that's the contract they signed. As far as them, like, destroying ROH or doing anything to them, man, I have recapped that all in pay-per-view, like, three times just in the process of doing this show uh, over the years. And it's like, those guys, I, I'm sorry. God bless you, Jeff, Cough, or, or, or whatever. It, it's, it, they made the mistake. Yep. They let these guys take the reins when they knew their contracts were not holding out, like they, these were not long contracts they had left and they let Cody and the young bucks put together something and make something happen. And you had to know if you weren't going to be able to afford to pay them or not willing to pay them what they wanted to pay, get paid. There's a chance they're going to go to WWE or, and and show their worth, or there's a chance they're going to start their own thing, which they had the opportunity to, opportunity to do and i'm sorry if you had the opportunity after you've proven your worth and you can either take a contract on ring of honor um or you could uh start your own company and become a vice president under a billionaire who's gonna help you make the wrestling you want to make what would you do yeah I, I just i just don't i don't buy any of it like all of that's and i'm and, and again i'm not trying to like overly like praise Tony Khan or anything. I'm just saying here's already a guy who's brought in Thunder Rosa. And although we wish the commentary team would have done a better job, allowed her to put the NWA world's championship front and center in the middle of her promotion and established that 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 is another women's title, which is something already, you know, Vince McMahon wouldn't really usually be willing to do. Like there are other promotions out there. 
They, they had they had the Lucha Bros come in with the AAA Tag Team Championships. I mean, and they fought for them against the Young Bucks on one of the pay-per-views. That's a, it's, it is a totally different thing to me. And maybe I'm crazy, but that's that's well, how. No, I you're think. right. It's a, it, we we have to get like you said. We've been so conditioned to this, to this this empire. It's just the presuppositions are built in because we've been beat up by WWE for so long in the way they do it, and they're sort of controlling the narrative. But we have to remember that 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 what WWE does is the aberration. It's not the norm. It's the biggest right now. And it has been for a long time. But in the vast history of the of the sport of professional wrestling, going back to the 1800s, all the way back to those days, back when they thought the world was flat, talent skipped around. You know, you acknowledged the other champions. Your champions could appear in other promotions, and there was one traveling champion. There was one champion that held the belt that mattered. And uh, to me, that's, you know, that's what Thunder Rosa is doing right now. And that's what Nick Aldous would certainly do if given the opportunity. And he may, he may get that opportunity. Yeah. And, and, and the front row brings up an excellent point in the chat too, by the way, I just want to mention, you know, there, there, there's been a lot of criticism of AEW over their women's division. So is it possible that they realize our women's division is lacking and Hikaru Shida is like our champ, but we got to give her some legitimate competition. We got to build up this division. We got to make it matter and have quality competition going on in there. And who better to help that along than Thunder Rosa? I mean, why is, I, I don't know. I just, maybe I'm being too naive, but I feel like that could be possible that he's like, all right, that's where I'm weak. That's where I can make a deal. And, and, and could Thunder Rosa lose? Sure. If, especially if we're talking about a scenario where like Cody Rhodes is going to drop to like Nick Aldis or something, or who knows what else is in the future. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I think, I think not only are you doubting Tony Khan when you say a lot of this stuff, but you're doubting Thunder Rosa and you're doubting William Patrick Corgan and what he's doing with the NWA and the NWA that we're all here talking about that we love so much they're not getting to where they're at by making just silly business decisions that just, why would the NWA allow something like this to happen that they just are going to get their brand buried over it? That's, I mean, and, and, and I could be dead wrong and I hope that I'm mad enough to admit it when I am, but for now, I just think that seems stupid and I can't imagine that I have millions invested into this thing and I'm not thinking those same things too. Well, first of all, Gary, if you ever are wrong, Rob and I will make sure that you admit it live mm -hmm. on the air. But, you know, just to recap and, and to tie a bow on my opinion on this whole thing, and I've said this before, but I want us as NWA wrestling fans, the hashtag NWA fam, the greatest wrestling entity of all time, as we say at the beginning of every show, I want us to move away from this fatalistic view of professional wrestling that again is our cynical wwe poison minds to think that something like a loss is gonna taint someone's career right because we just talked about it nick aldis dropping the title to cody rhodes did nothing but elevate the title in the long run and when he won it back it was that much bigger so as rob said before a, a loss is not career ending and it doesn't end promotions and i want us to get away from this fatalistic view that oh my gosh two people and yes they were very important and pivotal parts of the nwa and ricky starks and eddie kingston but 
just because they now have moved over to another promotion that the NWA is now in trouble or something like that. You know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't serve anybody and it doesn't serve professional wrestling. And it certainly doesn't serve us as NWA fans to take on that mindset when we're missing out on history being made right here, because think about it. When was the last time, and J Cal mentioned this earlier in his show, when was the last time on national television, you saw a world champion from one promotion appear with their championship and challenge a world champion from another promotion this is historic. We, we don't see this. This is, this is not something you see every week on, on, on Raw and SmackDown and even Dynamite. This, this is like a, a first. Right. It's not a first of all time, but as you said before, WWE's done it in the past and they've made a mockery of it. They did it with Dan Severn and, and the 10 pounds of gold years ago, but this is not that they're not doing it that way. And so again, until I have a reason and, and I'll, just like you, Gary, if I'm wrong, I'll come on here and admit it too. But until I have a reason to think that Tony Khan is out to embarrass all other promotions and say what you want about Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor had every opportunity to make their product better and keep these guys and they didn't do it. So if you, you, you can't blame AEW for draining Ring of Honor of their talent pool. As Gary said, why in the hell would those guys not go do what they're doing now? But until I have a reason to believe that Tony Khan is spiteful like that and he's out to get other wrestling promotions. I'm just going to choose to believe the best. And as an NWA fan, I'm going to sit back and relish in the opportunity to have our women's world title elevated and put on a national stage and have more eyeballs on it than have been on there before. Cause we just talked about the numbers, right? 755,000 viewers on Saturday night saw Thunder Rosa. Mm -hmm. Just think about that. No, that's it. I mean, the not not just Thunder Rosa, but the NWA Women's Championship, the Burke, was in front of the largest audience it's been in front of in, I don't know, God knows. That belt, that belt is probably been, <laughs> that particular belt in front of the largest audience it's ever had, ever had. And and that was made possible. Unless, you know, not to belabor the point. <laughs> uh, there but, it is. Um, Let's not. It's like when people say when they do something in front row. My 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 Presbyterian brother will appreciate this. When people say that you know they do something crappy, they say the devil made me do it. It's like, well, you're giving the devil too much credit, man. I think your own sin nature might have had a little part to play in that. You know, Ring of Honor doesn't have a really good history of like, <laughs> you know, they, they how many times have we talked about or have it been said that Ring of Honor is about it? Because we're same thing with Impact. How many times have been been on the verge of going defunct because of mismanagement or bad decision or whatever? Tony Khan didn't do that to Ring of Honor. I mean, this is this is Ring of Honor, you know, repeating a pattern. You know, it's like looking at a stock market chart. There are ups and downs in that promotion, just like in any others, but more so with them, uh, it seems. And uh, you know, so yeah. No, I, I think you're 100 percent right, and I mean that's the thing. Um, it, it's like. With the Ring of Honor thing, don't let me sound like I'm just like trying to completely bury them either. It is poor man. I I don't think there's any excuse for what happened. Personally, that's just my opinion. They had that coming. They 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 put on a proof of concept for another company, and that's on nobody but them when they did that. But but you look at them now, it seems like they're coming around. So I'll give them where credit 
credit where credit's due. I mean, they 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 signed Marty Skrull to a huge contract, uh, you know, obviously before everything Marty's been through. So we'll see how that plays out. But they went through the process of signing like Brody King, Flip Gordon, Bandito. Like you see them now. Now they're trying to be players. Now they're trying to like sign people right before the pandemic. They were trying to like secure up a roster. So so they're getting it. They're they're going with it. But that I, I don't even think there's it's not like some predatory tactic by AEW that that happened with Ring of Honor. That was just I don't know that, that I hate to God help me, I sound like a capitalist, but that was just business. Coming around, <laughs> my friend. My man. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, oh, man. We're gonna get political tonight. This is what happens when we do the after after party. <laughs> Gary Styles, come around. Next thing you know, we're gonna debut uh Gary the Presbyterian. He's you know the... <laughs> I like this though. I like this. We got uh uh really, really uh passionate here for a little bit. This was and, good. And, and James and Andrew, don't apologize, man. We we love you. You're you're NWA fam, dude. Argue your point. We're not we're not we're not going to get off this and be like, oh, James Lawrence was being a freaking ass tonight about that. No, I, you, you make you make a cogent point, I, and we see where you're coming from. Stick to yeah, your Yeah, I've never, it's I'm not, you. I'm not knocking you for your opinion, yeah, James. We just, I'm we just, just disagreeing. <laughs> yeah, this is this is debate, brother. This is this is. Uh, hey, man, get on here, check out a past episode where Rob and I uh, talked about Saudi Arabia, and even Will jumped in on it, and uh, that we did not agree. It's okay. But we it's didn't okay get to off. disagree. We didn't get go, you know, get off the internet or get off the live portion and, and then continue to fight. We we talked about how fun it was and and then you know we kidded about it the next day in our we sent little pictures and memes and all this stuff. That's that's what we're here for to do, man. This is pro wrestling, man. This ain't nothing to, to anybody to get upset about with anybody personally. I mean, we're 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 enjoying the greatest sport in the history of the world, professional wrestling. We're here to talk about prize fighting. And and in the second we feel like, listen, dude, we got moderators in the chat right now. The second we feel like somebody's being disrespectful about an opinion, did Rob just dump a bunch of alcohol out? Like, nah, I dropped my coaster. It's stuck to the bottom. Of my <laughs> like Rob, I dropped my coaster. I don't spill. Uh, although I have spilt more money or spent more money on spill liquor. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, no, man, nobody here is like the second we feel like it's disrespectful, that's uncalled for. That's not what we do here. We're having spirited debate. That that is exactly what's happening here. Nobody's asking you to convert uh yet. Uh, man, we have had right. we have had spirited debates in here about you have me nearly in tears with these jokers trying to say Jimmy Garvin's not a legit uh freebird, you know. I mean, we, we've gotten heated debates. <laughs> But that's what buddies do, man. It's like it's like the the meme that Gary sent out one night. Yeah, if you're not watching his memes on Instagram, you need to. Uh, you know, if you're a stranger, we'll call you an insult, and you'll get uh, you'll get pissed off about it, whatever. A friend gives you an insult, and you try to outdo the insult. <laughs> you know, we're all friends here, man. This is we're going to have these kind of heated debates. That's what we're doing. You know, this is the your source for prize fighting. Let's talk about something we can all get behind right now. And uh, God bless us. God bless this community. And God bless Mission Pro Wrestling, an all-female-run wrestling organization. I mean, top to bottom, behind the scenes, in the cameras, everything. It's all-female-run, all-female-staffed, all-females in the ring, and upcoming 
event they have going on on Friday, September 18th is Hell Hath No Fury. I don't know why I got real redneck when I said hell, but I got real Southern Baptist right there. Hell Hath No Fury, like Mission Pro Wrestling when Thunder Rosa, hallelujah, when she takes on the American Kaiju. It's going to be glorious. Oh, my God. Give me an amen out there if you hear me. Um, anyway. Uh, uh, <laughs> Rob, Rob's feeling it. <laughs> me and Front Row are like, what is he talking about? We don't talk. The, we're Presbyterian. Did Baptists do that? Is that, that what you said? Baptist? Uh, Southern I said Southern Baptist, bro. Oh, God, I'm Southern Baptist. Mind, I, I grew up Southern Baptist my whole life. So. In my mind, I thought you were making a Presbyterian. I'm sorry. It's like, no, that ain't. We're, we're more like, uh, you know, confessional, like, uh, <laughs> praise God from whom all blessings fall. You know, we're much more formal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It'd be Fair more enough. like, uh, so, so do, uh, do that plug there as a Presbyterian might do it so that we is, can see. Is it. that the one where it's like, Lord have mercy if you tune into hell, hath no fury like Mr. Pro Wrestling on Friday, September the 18th. Hallelujah. My God, can you give me an amen right now when I tell you that Vert Vixen and General Lynn are going to be taking on? Promise Braxton and Killer Kate. Oh, glory, glory. That is going to be beautiful. Can I get a Roxy versus a Genovan Muscles? Can I get an Alex Gracia versus Avery Taylor up in here when a Maddie Renkowski in a red velvet go head to head? Just announce, my Lord. Hell have the fury like this. I like that, but it's right more. Here. It's, Can I get an amen? Can I get $20? Like and I said, uh, every now and again, uh, from time to time, uh, you have to realize that in Buddha, Texas, uh, I said, Buddha, Texas, hey, look at your neighbor and say, Buddha, Texas, uh, we got Mission Pro. Uh, I said, uh, I have walked in the rain like Paul. It's more like that. Okay, so I, I just... I just took a pee break. And <laughs> we have a revival. Bro. What the hell did I just walk back into? <laughs> Lord have mercy. Praise your soul. You're here just in time to hear that Elena Black and Rachel Rose is going to take place. We're going to see La Rosa Negra versus Bill. Big old swole. AEW's elite athlete. Hallelujah. It's going to be beautiful. Got to send your donations to the Title Match Network if you can't show up there in person. Or, glory be, you can go to missionprowrestling.net and you can donate right then and there. Purchase some merchandise. You got to join in. I don't know if this is the uh, promo they expected. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Thunderous Husband, for this. Brian, Thunderosa, we apologize. But my God, we cannot tell you how excited we are for this event. It is going to be lit, as the kids are saying these days. September 18th, you got to join in. Title Match Network, or you can go live. Masks are required. They just listed some safety requirements. you got to get out there and see Thunder Rosa versus the American Kaiju Lindsay Snow. There is not a hotter match that's been scheduled in 2020 than that match. you got to get out there. you got to see it. It's going to be so good. I am so excited. I am so pumped. Thunder Rosa doubted. I, I'll, I'll tell you a secret. I'll tell you a behind the scenes secret. I told her, I said, Hey, man, I'm going to start hitting these women up for interviews. Yeah. And she said, uh, Good luck. And she sounded like she doubted me, but I got them all lined up, baby. They're all coming right here on this show. Uh, 
had a had an interview with Vert Vixen today. I got a, I got one scheduled every day of the week. <laughs> I just lost it because Rob Stinson sent another Dookie message. <laughs> if y'all missed that on Sunday, I'm sorry. But anyway, oh, we got to calm down. We got off track. I'm serious. Every single one of you listening to me, if you can hear my voice right now, and you do not either go to Buda, Texas to watch Mission Pro Wrestling, or you do not get the title match network to watch Hell Hath No Fury on Friday, September the 18th, I disavow you. I want no part of you. Mm. Like Joe Biden and Richard Spencer, I will have no part of this. Oh, God. Do, nice. do not. Do not. <laughs> Swear your allegiance to this is the NWA podcast. If you don't watch that pay-per-view because these people need your respect and your support. That's what you got to do. You got to get out there. You got to watch that show. That's all I'm trying to say. Anybody else got anything about Mission Pro Wrestling you want to throw in there? I will say that if you look in our back catalog of, of shows, we have been calling and asking for uh, Lindsay Snow and Thunder Rosa for months, well before they announced that. We said, if Lindsay Snow versus Thunder Rose happens, the podcast is going to be represented. And lo and behold, that match is happening. It is the biggest match of 2020 for show. And yours truly is going to be there. Well, I'm going to be in a shed out back, evidently. Tanya will be in, in there. They're going to let her in. They put me out back. Um, but um, I'd, love to, I'd love to hang out with you. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to talk wrestling. And... Um, and uh, I'm just really excited, man. I think this is a, a great development for for uh, for prize fighting and for the sport of professional wrestling as a whole. And uh, it's it's it, uh, really really excited. We also um, also got some uh, Thunder Rosa news for this weekend, right? For this Saturday, some Nick Aldis and Thunder Rosa news. I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about right now. Well, I know that Nick Aldis is going to be in action on Saturday at a, at the independent wrestling. Expo. Oh yeah. And, I, yeah, and I'm told right. that thunder, again, this is something that evidently is being heavily promoted out in Texas. We're not seeing a lot of here, but I'm, I'm hearing that thunder Rosa is going to be on that as well. Um, and the, the more I hear about this, the more I'm like, you know what? I might be there. <laughs> I might be showing up. I already talked to Tanya last night about this and said, look, baby, his, this, let me, this house said, this is what I said to her. I said, look, this is what's fixed to happen. Not fixing what's fixed to happen. You're going to, that didn't happen. Okay. That, let me back up. That really didn't happen. <laughs> we were going we to let you finish. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know what's happening right now, but yeah, oh, uh, go for it, buddy. Well, uh, evidently on day two of this expo, uh, which is Saturday, both, you know, Nick Aldis is in his match and we've talked about it, but I think Thunder Rosa is appearing as well. So, um, I'm, you know, tickets were tickets, plane tickets from here to there were 50 bucks uh, about a week and a half ago. They've gone up since then, but I'm going to hold off until Friday and see if they go back down. Um, uh, and if they do, I'm probably going to end up being there too as well. So. Well, folks, that just teaches you you can't hide money. Sometimes people can just up and decide they're going to travel from Georgia to Texas just for the hell of it. That's a that's a that's what you should have went for your PhD, like Dr. Stetson here. That's what you should have done. But you know what? Hallelujah! 
All we're trying to do is preach the gospel of Mission Pro. You can support them. I don't care. I don't care who you are. You have got enough money to get like a month of the title match network just to watch this damn show. Make it so that the title match network sees Mission Pro Wrestling and says, my God, we need you guys every single month because you keep us in business. That's what needs to happen right here. Mission Pro Wrestling. That's what we want. Who knows what's going to happen at this event? I feel like it's big. I feel it. It's big. Oh, I forgot to mention that we may have mentioned this earlier, but uh, but one of our loyal family members, Polka Dot Pam, is going to be traveling from the New Orleans area to be there in Buda, Texas, and we'll be hanging out there as well too. So Polka Dot Pam, big time member, one of the original charter members of the NWA fam is going to be there as well. So hopefully more of you can get out there. If not, make sure you uh, you definitely subscribe and 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 watch the pay per view. It's going to be historic and uh and uh for nothing else we we have to we are obligated to support our champion and be there and watch her uh in what i'm already already calling the super bowl of 2020 in women's wrestling cheetah and rosa that's great but i want to see this one i want to see lindsey snow and thunder rosa that's what i'm paying for yeah no that there 100 there is no bigger event than that Hey guys, I gotta uh, I gotta take a quick break. Real quick. <laughs> gonna take quick... We're gonna leave Will here. Will, tell them how you feel, buddy. Um, well, going back to AEW. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I listen. You guys were 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 carrying that man. I didn't even feel like I could jump in because I just walked back into like energy fest. 2020 with you guys talking about that i'm pumped about it too i'll definitely be watching it and i think we're going to cover it we've been talking about uh putting together some some pre and post shows maybe and uh so you know we're not gonna give it all away we want you to go watch it but we're definitely going to cover it and i feel like that that's a sister promotion for sure of the nwa so we're going to cover it in detail yeah and i'll do my best on my end to uh, have Tanya <laughs> communicate the results to me out to the shed out back and uh, and I will uh, you know well I'll, I'll keep you guys posted too um, I'm not obviously going to violate any kind of copyright or intellectual property but uh, this is newsworthy and you know we want you to hear uh, straight from the source as it's happening so we'll try to be as timely as we can what's going on if you're for some reason have to work or just money's tight or whatever and you can't you can't get it. Uh, we'll make sure that you're informed and all that. But we're, it, it's really, it's really, this really does feel like something important right here that's about to happen. And a new era is beginning there in, 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 with Mission Pro in Texas. So I'm, I think it's it's going to be awesome. Well, I did have one little bit of AEW news to go back to AEW, but this is this is not pertaining to the uh, heated debate we were having earlier, but. Uh, apparently it did come out this week that uh, there was a Ray Mysterio reference in Eddie Kingston's promo that was edited out. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. And so apparently, so I don't know the background behind that, but I think it was according to Fightful Select that they had to edit Eddie Kingston's promo, um, which I don't like to even say that phrase because he's a, he's a master um but apparently he mentioned ray mysterio and they edited it out which is and and correct me if i'm wrong is is ray mysterio currently even 
contracted with WWE. I know he's there, but is he under contract? Last I heard, he wasn't. Last I heard, he was uh, kind of on a per appearance basis right now. Is, I mean, is there something maybe going on, kind of like you know we just heard that Jericho got the rights to to Lionheart and all that stuff? Is there something that maybe WWE might uh, might have some capital investment and control over that name, or perhaps, and maybe that's why that was done, or potentially, you know? I don't know. What is happening, Gary? <laughs> oh man i often want to ask people on the podcast if these shows are annoying what the hell's happening with my background here <laughs> why is that happening uh nobody that's listening uh can appreciate that but my background just i don't know i don't know what's happening well, while you're figuring out i was going to ask front row are, front row are you are you going to be in tech in buddha texas are you going to the show um i think I feel like we talked about this or something. I, I can't remember, but let me know if you're coming, man. All right. Um, Rob, I'm ready to move on to the next piece of news unless uh, somebody's got something. We covered a Ray Mysterio being edited out while you were gone doing number two. So uh, we, I mean, I'm sorry. Oh, you did? Okay. I'm going to get a drink, going to get a drink. So we're uh... a quick number two. Yeah, yeah, man, I drop it like it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> like Rob giggling. Like he's, a- all, he's only four foot, <laughs> so it's not it's not very far to drop it. So oh my god, <laughs> this piece of crap. Um, hey, uh, according to Pro Wrestling Sheet, they've learned that former WWE star Wade Barrett will be joining the NXT announce team this week. Everybody's been waiting for that. It took us like it only took us two hours to get here. <laughs> uh, sources tell us it's just a one shot deal for now, and that the former leader of Nexus, who won the first original season of NXT, has not signed a full time deal to rejoin the company. Um, if as you'll recall, uh, he was released in 2016. And uh, he, he just, I mean, basically that guy left on his own terms for what it's worth. He just told the company he wasn't re-signing. Since then, he's been focusing on acting and uh, he's in those movies, those I Am Vengeance movies, which are actually kind of fun little action movies. And, uh, and he's, of course, been on commentary for NWA Power. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Wade Barrett. Uh, hopefully they don't snatch him up. I mean, I'm sure he's hoping this is a great job audition but but damn it he's nwa power what the hell right and this is something that would concern me more than than anybody appearing on ae that this is you know again and and maybe you know maybe i there's no need need to to be concerned but but uh them appearing on an a on a wwe branded program is more concerning to me Will, any thoughts on that? I feel the same. I mean, I, you know, in the spirit of our previous conversation, I would love to wait and see how it pans out. <laughs> if this is a good move for him, that, that that's good. But, um, you know, I, I don't think that it's anything to be super up in arms about, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. You ever wonder what Rob's thinking sometimes? It's like him and my cats, I often like look at it. I just like, what's going on in your brain right now? (laughs) 
Y'all, I'm glad you're here tonight because this show is as weird a show as we have ever had. I got I got to be honest with you. Uh, Outlandish Sicky Dice posted a tweet today. If you guys missed that, and it says today marks 175. Wow. Uh, today marks. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> today marks 175 days job, as your man. NWA World's Television Champion. I'm ready to defend. Who wants a shot? Sicky Dice, baby. Uh, that guy, well, here's the thing. Look, earlier, a few months ago, rumors dropped that Zicky Dice wanted out of his contract. It was granted, and that was pulled back. Everybody denied it. Zicky Dice is still with the company, at least through September, we know. Um, Zicky Dice is ready to defend that title, he says. It's the first time we've seen Zicky Dice like actively, I don't know, it feels like now, now some people might be members of his Twitch stream and they know a little bit more than us, but it... It feels like this is the first time Zicky's been like real public about, you know, I'm ready to defend the uh, TV title. So who knows what that means? Um, go ahead, Will. I mean, I hope we see it, obviously. I mean, you know, that was a, a weird time when all those rumors and all that stuff was coming out. None of it confirmed. And um, there was a lot of chatter about it. And I, I feel like, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like, you know, when the pandemic hit and, you know, everything got all crazy. And then when the speaking out stuff happened and things got even crazier for us in the wrestling world, it just, you know, things just got really like uneasy for a long time. And now I feel like we've kind of gotten back to normal, but during that time, it was just like all these rumors were rampant and everyone was having all these talks about this kind of stuff and now it's starting to feel like we're getting back to normal even with you know nwa coming back with with primetime live and partnering up there and um you know this is just another example to me it feels like zicky and i don't i don't know zicky and i don't i haven't watched his his twitch stream so other people are probably more in tune with, with what's going on with him but i think you know probably emotions were running high through a lot of this and a lot of guys are, are looking out for themselves. I mean, you know, just a part of life is when, when you get in a pinch, you, you look out for number one. Right. But now I think we've gotten to the point where things have smoothed back out and everybody's seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. And hopefully for Zicky, that means him being like, you know what? I'm the damn NWA TV champion. This is a legendary championship. I, I gotta, I gotta get back on the horse and I gotta, you know, make this thing relevant again. And uh, I think it's, it just seems like with him tweeting that, that that's hopefully what's, what's happened. And um, I want to see him defend that title on, on primetime live. And let's remember that that title historically has been billed as a world's championship. It's the, it was called the world's television title. So he, it may be that he's realizing, Hey, I've got a pretty important trophy here. Uh, you know, that need, that needs to, be given attention to he's day 175 that's adorable today is 675 for the uh for the uh the champion nick aldous um but yeah i'd like to see it you know uh, zicky dice is what he was the very first piper's notes episode that aired on this is the nba podcast was the zicky dice episode he was very kind to us very nice to piper which you know i appreciate and uh the guy's colorful obviously he has a relationship with uh wrestling with the mma or at least wrestling with the mma is a big fan and he's always putting him over and all that. So, uh, to me, you know, 
if you elevate that title, that TV title, it's a very important piece of hardware that you're holding. That's that's a win-win for everybody. So um, I want to see that title defended, and I want to see it, uh, you know, uh, treated with respect. And uh, I will also say another thing I'm seeing a lot of is there's a lot of been a lot of banter between uh, between Zeke Dice and Crowbar. Um, and uh, so that that and Gary, you might have more insight into that, but that that's you know just interesting to see them go back and forth. So um crowbar the situation with crowbar is just that he and i have talked a little bit and uh, he's going to be on the show pretty soon i think but um it's uh just that i respect the guy um he actually is a guy that um during the later years of wcw i actually was a fan of like i just thought he was a lot of fun to watch and uh he got a reputation for just being this hardcore wrestler but he's actually a long time veteran of the business. I mean, he's been doing this for, for a very long time and start off like just strictly as a wrestler. He just worked his way into the gimmick that worked for him as crowbar. And of course his, his probably biggest claim to fame is uh, teaming up with David flair and uh, being the associate to David flair, just to be blunt, just because David flair didn't know how to wrestle properly. So it was like, he was the guy who could wrestle for that, that duo and uh so uh i just think that crowbar is a guy who's putting forth the effort right now to have a second chance in the business he's been doing his own thing but he, he's been concerned with his family honestly he's got he's got kids he's got a wife they've been doing their thing in indie promotions up in or around his area and that's all he's been concerned with but he seems to be in a position now that he's willing to branch back back out and he's discovering social media and his uh opportunities out there if he puts himself out there if he can if he can try to you know maybe make a name for himself in the the social media age and and i like him i think he's he seems like a, a honestly behind the scenes just like a decent dude like a really, a really good dude. And he also, if you watch any of his matches, he's a lot of fun. And even at the age he's at right now, he is, uh, he runs a uh, physical therapy uh, office and uh, a lot of wrestlers go to him. I think Marco Stunt was just there the other day and uh, he, he does that, but he also is an advocate for DDP yoga and keeping your body young. And he's, uh, he's, uh, he's a little older, but He's still ready to go. I, I last I saw of him on some indie show stuff I saw on YouTube, he was still wild, like just doing the stuff you wouldn't expect to see. But he's uh, he's 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 fun to watch, man. And uh, I just want I want to see that guy get another chance. I want to see him out there. Just to be honest with you, that's that's my whole relationship with Crowbars. I want to see that guy get it done. And I think he's got a lot yet to offer the business. And I think uh, Ziki Dice is a person out there that. Uh, is interacting with him and and maybe there's something there i hope it happens uh i hope you guys will go support crowbar uh, it's at wcw crowbar you should check him out he's been putting out these promotions um or, or sorry promos uh by video that he's been working on and making himself so he's he's putting in the work he's trying to trying to get it done he's out there and uh, he just needs people like us to support him thought i heard wildlife or something there in the back you did i was trying to mute it hoping you guys would pick up where I left off. <laughs> that, that didn't like, happen so i thought seriously like i thought it was like my studio is in the garage <laughs> so i thought it was like coming from outside and i thought i was i was gonna see if y'all didn't hear me i was like i'm sorry guys for that i'm sorry for sounding so obnoxious <laughs> <laughs> oh man 
we're uh we're giving we are giving these people on the podcast a hell of a show i hope you you know if you're listening to this on the podcast portion of the show i hope that you'll uh email me if you don't like this part because it sounds like you're just going to be a part of all of it even all the uh bs we get into with the live chat tonight because we're just i we created an actual outline for this show and i feel like we are even more off the rails than we usually are so uh i don't know what that tells you will you're doing great, Gary. You're doing a great job. Sorry, I just spilled my water, so that's what I've been dealing with. I was life. wondering. You and Rob both just seem like you were anywhere but here right now. <laughs> 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 what? Sorry, I'm back. What are you I'm talking back. about? Uh, MLW introduced a new COVID-19 compliance officer. Uh, this is their official press release with plans for major league wrestling's restart underway. MLW remains steadfast in making health and safety the number one priority. Several MLW staffers recently underwent training to become in, uh, certified in COVID-19 protocols. Additionally, MLW has introduced a COVID-19 compliance officer as a member of its team moving forward. This newly designated position is responsible for establishing and enforcing COVID-19 safety protocols, training staff, and monitoring compliance on all sets and venues. Uh, the health and welfare of our athletes, crew, and staff is very important, said MLW CEO Court Bauer. This new position will provide the league with insight, strategy, and guidance as we strive to deliver the best practices and safety measures for the restart. Uh, the compliance officer is educated in the transmission of the COVID-19 virus, disinfection, social distancing, CDC, local and state guidelines, and other information related to preventing the spread of infection on a film production set. This person is responsible for safety, compliance, and enforcement of rules. Uh, Court Bauer also said, just like all broadcast productions have a producer or a football team has an offensive coordinator, the COVID-19 compliance is another necessary member of our organization moving forward. Uh, so basically, MLW is planning to reveal plans to restart league events shortly, and they are going ahead and just like putting it out there. They're taking the COVID-19 stuff very, very seriously and uh, just letting everybody know up front, we've got plans in place. We're taking care of our people. And uh, it looks like MLW is basically just getting ready to restart. Uh, it's interesting. They've been, you know, I don't, I don't know a lot about MLW. Um uh, so there's probably people in the chat that are more well-versed in, in the history of that company and things like that. But it seems like since this pandemic hit, they've been making a lot of moves behind the scenes. I mean, they've signed two different deals for more visibility for their programming um, with that wave.tv and then with right. uh, Fubo Sports, which is a streaming service. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, man. It seems like they're they're moving and shaking and they're moving on up and, and this – you know, I, I like to hear stuff like this, um, that they're at least, you know, kind of going above and beyond. And I mean, you know, listen, the wrestling industry as a whole, <laughs> because of WWE being at, at the forefront of everyone's mind when it comes to wrestling, has not handled this pandemic very well, uh, the ones that did keep running. And so it's, I think they're probably compensating for a lot of that, um, you know, that vibe, that the wrestling industry WWE particularly kept going and then it turned into this disastrous kind of outbreak within the company. So I think they're just being really careful and, and I like that they're doing that, but, but all that to say, I do wonder, you know, what they've got up their sleeve, if they're going to 
come out guns blazing with this return because, like I said, they've been making a lot of moves. Yeah, I've only seen a little bit of MLW. I tried to go back on YouTube at one point um, and start watching their stuff from the beginning. Um, but they've, I mean, they've had, I mean, if you go back to like when they first began, I mean, you're talking like guys like CM Punk were in there. Uh, when they were a smaller promotion, but obviously like Conan's a big name that's in there. Um, nowadays, it's like uh, Jacob Batu is their world champion. Alexander uh, Hammerstone is in there um guys like mjf have passed through uh there um uh, they've got the von eric uh brothers in there kevin von eric's sons which is cool guys i'd love to see in the nw guys i'd honestly love to see face the briscoes like i always pictured like those guys having an awesome match but they've got good people uh matt riddle passed through there uh who's a bigger name that you know um so they, they've got a they've got an interesting product. So it'll be cool to see how they play out. So here's what we're gonna do, folks. I got like two more news items I want to drop on you right now, and then we're gonna get into some other extra news for the live chat, and we'll have the in-depth discussions. I'm gonna try to like blast through these uh, decently quick, uh, so we can talk about uh, the the extra stuff that you're gonna miss out on if you're listening to the podcast portion. Is some statements Randy Orton has made about independent wrestling and some statements that Tim Storm has made about the fans of NWA Power and uh, what they've contributed. Uh, it's just interesting stuff they've just had on some podcasts recently, but we're going to get there. But first, we'll hit two more news items and then go to the live chat for the extra stuff here. Um, uh, just stuff I wanted to get out on the main stuff. Uh, after months of roster announcement and speculation, courtesy of WrestleZone and Fightful, Virtual Basement's upcoming next generation wrestling video game officially has a name. It's called The Wrestling Code. They've got a demo video if you uh, check it out on Twitter. Not really much, uh, you know, in-game action, just kind of a name drop exposing the name drop yeah exactly uh officially really revealing the name in a video put out on social media virtual basement also ran down the laundry list of names already set for the game courtesy of fightful i have all of those it's pretty impressive now we already know about retromania that nick aldis is in i, I kind of wish he was also in this too because this is pretty fun i don't know we don't know what this one looks like if you look at retromania we know what that one looks like it looks like a lot of fun too uh, so I'm not taking anything away from that. But if you're ready, here we go. Alex Riley, Retro AG Anthony Green, The Ascension, this is Connor and Victor, Bear Country, which is Bear Boulder and Dead Bear, The Beer City Bruiser of the Bouncers, Brian Cage, Brian Hebner, Brian Malonis of the Bouncers, Brian Pillman Jr., the Boys, which are Brandon and Brent Tate. Bull Dempsey, Cabana Man Dan, Caprice Coleman, Cheeseburger, Crime Time, which is JTG and Shad Gaspard. He's actually going to be in this game. Uh, Love that, man. Uh, yeah, that's, that. that's cool. And uh, David Mercury. The Pope is in this game. EC3 is in this game. Eli Drake is in this game. Enzo Amore. Facade. Grim of Grimm's Toy Show, Gregory Iron, the Jim Nasty Boys, Jason Cade, Jeff Cobb, Jonathan Gresham, Kevin Quinn, Kenny King, Ken Shamrock, Congo Kong, Leon Scott, Lloyd Anoy, 
LSG, Luigi Primo, the main event, Matt Morgan, Matt Seidel, Matt Taven, Sick Nick Mondo, O'Shea Edwards, Petey Williams, Rob Van Dam, The Problem, Sefa Fatu, Shaheem Ali, Sean Donovan, the Voros Twins, Zach Gowan, Zicky Dice, Alex Gracia, Danny Jordan, Delmi Exo, Gabby Ortiz, Holiday, Eva Lise, Killy, Killer Kelly, Lady Frost, the American Kaiju, Lindsay Snow, the Sea Stars, Ashley Vox and Delma Exo, Shaza McKenzie, Solo Darling, Tainara Conti, Thunder Rosa, and Willow Nightingale. All of those names, by the way, if you don't, I mean, already, just from listening to this show, you would know some of those names from NWA to the Independent Circuit to like Mission Pro Wrestling. There's a lot of people in this freaking game. You just heard all those names. Names like Kylie Ray, uh, about, uh, ba, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, Sue Young, Rich Swan. They were set for the game, but Impact Wrestling had them pulled. Uh, uh, reasons believed to be due to exclusivity rights, but that's never been officially explained. They were initially announced, but they're gone now. Uh, but this game is stacked, dude. This looks... I'm excited for it. I just think this sounds like fun. I think we're going to have to have like uh, uh, our, our, our cast parties, man. Yeah, like cast parties, like playing this game or something. Like people so jumping you said on. You got all of, all of those games in that series or that, per, that, that, that company. What's that? You said you had all of those games earlier? Uh, no. You, okay. I, I misheard you then. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I'm not trying to be a butt. I no, know that's not why. That's not why you're a butt. First of all, <laughs> no, I'm just I thought no, I was saying like there's there's Retro Mania that's coming out, and there is this game. Um, uh, this game, as far as I know, the is the first. Basement. Right. I thought you were saying you had other virtual basement games. I misheard that. I wonder is this a game that's going to be offered on on? Is this like a, a PC platform? Is this like an online game? Is this something that you can get on on PlayStation on? Xbox, Atari, Wii. Because we know that uh, that Retromania is offered on multiple platforms. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, uh, Retromania just went up for pre-order, so it's everywhere now, like on, on Switch, Xbox One, PS4, all of those. Uh, but, yeah, this looks cool. James Lawrence is mentioning a, a game in the chat, uh, wrestling rpg uh called legends of wrestling i've never heard of this but that sounds fun i know roscoe who listens to the show is always playing uh something where you just like book wrestling that's like literally the game and and that seems like a lot of fun um let's look this thing up legends of wrestling here what it's like an rpg game it's got Dan Severin. I see Bob Roop on here. I see George Tragos and Lou Thez. It got Dan Severin on there. Dan Severin, the gas station. <laughs> this was like fun, guys. We gotta we gotta figure out some way to incorporate all this. All right, we're not gonna linger anymore on here right now. We can get into that in the after after show if we want to. The other piece of news that we have to drop that uh, the, the listeners of the podcast can feel like they're in the no on wrestling news worldwide is that 
Courtesy of WrestleZone.com, the combination of several thousand virtual fans and a new toy like Thunderdome was bound to have kinks for WWE and several particularly problematic fans from Monday's Raw resulted in the company needing to issue a statement today. Uh, during the broadcast, this is not funny, but it's crazy. Like, I knew this was going to happen. I'm sorry. That's why I'm laughing. We I'm yeah now i'm already already, whatever you're about to say i'm gonna laugh at now i feel like a jerk well the the only thing here here's the thing during the broadcast several viewers took note of a front row virtual fan clad in what appeared to be a ku klux klan robe during the retribution attack on ray mysterio and dominic fans also noted a video of a person being executed yeah like those are awful that's bullshit. And uh, during the seg se- segment as well, an image of Chris Benoit during Drew McIntyre's promo earlier in the show. It's, it's, oh God. It's like, it, it find something funny to do, you bastards. I knew that you were going to do some stuff. Like, put more LaGreca heads or your, your fucking bare ass. Put it on the, the screen, you know, something. Don't be ridiculous. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, where, where are the fans at? Like, can't you just, if you're going to prank Thunderdome, don't be, like, just abhorrent. Yeah. I can't believe I just used you're- that word because literally the statement from WWE, sorry, Will, it says, this abhorrent behavior does not reflect WWE's values, and we have zero tolerance for these unacceptable acts. We are working to ban those involved from future events, and per our policies, any inappropriate actions result in the removal from the live stream. So... That's WWE statement. I mean, did they think this was not going to happen? That's my question. Obviously, this was going to happen. You're, you're opening this up to thousands of people. It's going to happen. And I, my thing is, like, now that we've seen the Thunderdome and we know really the the big, the big uh, advantage of it is just being able to see the people, right? They're not really – involved real time in what's going on and i know that this is a lot to look at but there needs to be some kind of delay or something where they can try to catch some of this stuff because i mean the stuff you just mentioned is incredibly offensive and you know at the end of the day they can release whatever statements they want and use whatever big words they want to talk about it but they're on the hook for putting all these people on national television you so, knew there were going to be unplanned things. Like, I mean, people were going to, the second you put people on a screen right there, they don't have to get checked by security coming in with the signs they have. I mean, you're bound to have some BS. And call me insensitive. Chris Benoit, uh, that happened, and I, I could have called that one. Like, I feel like that one would have happened. That, it doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be taken out of context here. I'm just saying like, that's a thing I could see happening. I could see like the fire velveteen dream one that happened. Um, I can see those things. It's like wrestling related things. The KKK one and uh, a person being executed. What the hell guys? Like that's, those are the ones I'm like, what are you, what are you even doing? Yeah. yeah. It's not as dumb. It's not cool. It's not funny. Just grow up, you know? Yeah. Anyway, that's a real bummer. 
All right, so we got a little bit of time left. We're going to spend with the live chat. We're going to cut out. We're going to be talking about some exclusive notes on a uh, Randy Orton comments on independent wrestling and AEW. It's going to be interesting to have a little. I feel like it's going to spark a discussion. If you'd love to be here for that part of the discussion, you got to join us live on the YouTube channel. Um, folks in the YouTube channel, if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe, make sure you hit the like button, that sort of thing. We're going to get to those comments in just a second. But for everybody listening on the podcast portion, Rob, can you tell people where they can find you so they can get updates on what you and what you're doing? Yeah, I can, Gary. Uh, you can find me. <laughs> you can find me on. I'm glad. <laughs> on Twitter at rstinson4. You can find me on Instagram at rdstinson4. Correct me if I'm wrong, Gary. And you can find me no, on Facebook right. at Dr. Robert Stinson. Perfect. But if you just go to the NWA Pod, you can find. Me. I'm not hard. That's also true. The only difference between Rob on Twitter and Rob on Instagram is on Instagram, he's got that D. So <laughs> that D throws me off too, man. You got to give Rob the D to get him on Instagram. That's, that's the deal. Hey, Will, where are you? Uh, thank you for asking. I am Hey, It's Will with one L on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And I'm also on TikTok trying to be more active. Uh, and that is at real hey it's will because someone else stole my username on there um, yeah, i've been getting into to tiktok a little more lately and i'll just plug uh jared fritz uh esteemed nwa referee is uh has become very active on tiktok with some great positive messaging and things that like keeps that. me going man so uh if you're on tiktok follow me for sure but then right after that Go follow Jared Fritz, and uh, you won't regret it. Amen. If you if you want some positive motivation in your life, if you're not a cynical bastard, that's what you'll do. Uh, I am at this is Gary Horn on all the things. I at least try to post one motivational quote at some point in the day, so I do try. It doesn't do count, Gary. Motivation. What? No, 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 no. <laughs> doesn't count. <laughs> doesn't count. I'm so sorry. Um. Uh, WWE Front Row says I thought Rob only got the D on Tic Tac but you know that's a, that's an interesting conundrum we're going to face we'll talk about that in the after show the show is on at the NWA pod that's the most important one if you're listening to this live right now go to at the NWA pod follow us on all the things come to youtube.com slash the NWA pod and hit subscribe even if you don't already like watch us on youtube if you have a gmail account which most of you do or just start one and subscribe help us out help us get to a thousand uh subscribers because that's what we need to get monetized if you like this stuff and you want more of it and to help us expand and to talk about all of the wrestling and things you love we'd love to do it we'd love to include you come subscribe to the youtube channel but if you just like us on the podcast, we appreciate that too. Make sure you give us five stars. We appreciate you. Until next week or Sunday, which is next week, enjoy your gravy cake.